0: Season finale for our championship NASCAR race review and hot topic sound off. This is Monday night, November the seventh, and joining me for tonight's show is our co-host Sal Segala. Welcome to the show, Sal.
1: Oh, thank you, Sharon.
0: Okay, uh, tonight we're going to. Uh, start with our short track news, and then we'll review the Arkham Menard Series West Championship Race out at Phoenix Raceway. Then we'll have, at 9 o'clock, we have the media interview with the NASCAR Truck Series Champion, Zane Smith. He's the driver of the number 38 front row Motorsports Ford. And afterward, we'll review that NASCAR Truck Series Championship Race out at Phoenix, At 9.30, we'll get into the NASCAR Xfinity and the Cup Series Championship races out at Phoenix. And our uh, Hot Topic Sound Off will start at uh, the top of our uh, second (coughs) – at the top of the uh, second hour. So – that will be at ten o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and uh, I think it's just going to be Jay and I tonight, Sal. If you want to stay on for hot topic sound off, I know you've got a lot of things going on right now.
1: Oh, uh, I just—you know what? I just got home. I've been on the road since four o'clock this morning. I had to drive to Phoenix and back for work.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: That's eleven okay. hours on this. Yeah, so I'm. I I didn't think I was gonna make it. Good thing Sandy woke me up because I got home like 20 minutes ago and I laid down and she goes, "Yeah, you, you need to get up." I was like, "I'm not getting up." I said, "I'm I'm done." I said, I'm,
0: mm. "Well, I'm glad you did get up." I started
1: at four this. So I've I if she wouldn't have been here, I wouldn't have gotten up. Like I said, I I started at four this morning.
0: Well, tell Sandy thank and, you. <laughs>
1: She, she says she said uh, to give you her red bones.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, so let's go ahead and get into um our short track racing news for this week. Uh, a lot of racing took place, uh, we know, with the NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity, and Truck Series, as well as the ARCA West Series. But they weren't the only people racing this weekend. Oh, <laughs> so uh, there was the North-South shootout. at um, Matt Hirschman picked up his eighth win in 19 starts in that historic race. So uh, a big win for him. <clears throat> Out uh, at uh, the North South Shootout. North South Shootout. That's hard to say real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, say it four times.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, go. And then, um, what? Did you watch any other racing this weekend, or were you out of Phoenix? So.
1: No, I wasn't out of Phoenix. I was out at. Um, what was I at? Oh, we had our we had our four year high school reunion Saturday, oh. so I was, Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so I didn't do anything.
0: Didn't <laughs> well, watch was...
1: racing all weekend. I was able to watch Brother, racing. It's not a month. good
0: race. Yeah, I was uh, able to also, watch, Jared so. Meyer ends the cars lmcs tour season with a victory out at caraway speedway uh and then the tour champion ultimate he held off connor hall for that victory but the uh, tour champion is carson Quapple.
1: yeah you know i see carson he was at the all-american 400 the week before i didn't get a chance to talk to him though it was cause i was only there for the one day but he was—he's um, been real busy doing the, um, you know, all the short track racing,
0: and and uh, winning quite a few of the races that he enters. So uh, that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> also, uh, inside the well, let's see—that's uh, a lot of the coverage over at Racing America is all about uh, what happened in NASCAR. But there's uh, a lot of other races, races too. Bubba Pollard, um, over at Flow Racing, he is giving a tour of Sonoya Raceway. So that's kind of cool to see him doing that. That's in Georgia. And um, they're preparing for the Pete State Classic as part of the Castrol Flow Racing Night in America. So it's about a nine-minute uh, tour uh, that Bubba Pollard gives over there. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I didn't even see that. A uh, Flow Racing? Yeah.
0: It's at Flow Racing, yes. And I thought fans would be interested in seeing that. Um, also, they're saying more than 40 drivers are expected for the Short Track Super Series Cajun Swing. Uh, they, that was announced 10 hours ago. So uh, that's one of the big headlines over there. Uh, also, Brady Bacon Banks, twenty uh, Brady Bacon uh, took twenty grand, and Justin Grant grabs the USAC Sprint title. So big news on the Sprint set, sa- uh, USAC Sprint title uh, front.
1: That's a lot. Oh yeah, that was over here. That was for the Oval Nationals. We just had that, that uh, this past weekend. Or actually, it's running. Yeah, ran last weekend. It's a big thing. The, the Oval Nationals. It runs for, uh, I think, three days. I usually, I try to go to it. I got, a, I got some friends that go to it, but uh, uh-huh. I don't know why. This these past two years, it's run the same weekend as Phoenix. But um yeah, the Oval Nationals it's um it's it's not as big as Knoxville or um you know, or the other one that, that Tony runs over at his at his track. Um but um the, the um, Oval Nationals has been running, gosh, they're probably on their I don't know how many years they've been thirty two I should say right there, Brady Bacon, uh, Oval Nationals um doesn't say how many years but i know i know they've been running for a long time
0: now okay well there's also the streetcar super nationals out at las vegas that says big tire and small tire door slammers alike are returning to sin city for the streetcar super nationals uh in the las vegas throwdown race november 17th through the 20th uh so heads up on that race that's coming up as well
1: yeah, that's uh that's a uh an NHRA type event and actually um I'm surprised that Tim doesn't do more more um advertising, but we have something like that over here at Orendale too. With our um it goes along with our uh what do you call it with our um our street legal. Mm. Kind of, kinda of like our, our street legal thing, but um we have the yeah, the big tire small tire it's crazy it's it's the it's the tires they use on the the tires that they put on the cars you know for the um for the
0: uh
1: for the um, drag racing
0: okay well uh another thing to kind of keep in mind um Let's see here. We've got uh, racing is not over. There's more racing coming up this weekend. In fact, there's a race going on right now out in Austin, Texas, and uh, you can watch it live if you are a subscriber. Uh, but there are some other races that are coming up over the weekend. Um, the the Cajun swing, swing that we talked about at Rocket Raceway Park in Petty, Texas, uh, also, on the 9th, there's the, uh, again, they'll be racing out at that same location. Uh, also, on the 10th, and then there's also the saloon series at Greenstone Park uh, in Greymouth West Coast, the Greenstone Park Speedway. So, another race uh, that fans can take part in at Flow Racing and if you uh, go
1: yeah, to november eleventh there's a whole bunch ahead. of them yeah there's there's a yeah there's there's still some there's still some good racing coming up um uh you know of course you know everybody's waiting for the um for the for the derby you know that's gonna be coming up in uh um December 1st. In the first, yeah, the first weekend of December.
0: Yeah, actually it starts on Thursday, uh, December the 1st. And actually, Sal, are you going to that this year? Yeah. Okay, because here's the thing. I was hoping we could do a review of that uh, Snowball Derby on Monday or Tuesday afterwards and uh, do, uh, do the one-off show in December uh, for that Snowball Derby and Snowflake 100 review?
1: Um, I don't On when?
0: It, well, it starts the weekend of uh, December the 1st, so it would be, uh, I believe it would end up being like December the 5th or the
2: 6th.
1: You know what? I I can't do it that day because I'll be I'll be in the air.
0: What about the eighth?
1: I don't know, Sharon. It's it's I, I hate to commit.
0: Well, just kind of keep that, it in mind, yeah. And we can talk more offline, but uh, just something yeah. to think about because uh, we were trying to do maybe one show in December. Uh, to kind of close out the year with that last show. Uh, and I might do the same in January uh, before we get started full gear again going into uh, the 2023 season. So just a heads up there. We'll try to make some announcements. Okay. okay. Um So there's a lot of racing over the weekend uh, at Flow Racing and also at Racing America. Uh, I really encourage fans to check out both of those websites because they really keep you up to date with what's going on in uh, the short track racing world. And um, if uh, you're looking for a race to watch during this off-season for NASCAR, uh, those are the places that you go to to kind of uh, get that racing fixed. As Sal mentioned, the Snowball Derby that's coming up, that race is huge, and we usually get some people from NASCAR uh, that take part in that race.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's going to be the you you go to Six Flags, Six Flags, Five Flags Five. website. Yeah, and they already have the they already have a uh, a preliminary list. There's a few drivers that had that they haven't mentioned on there but I talked to Noah uh Noah Gregson will be going to the to the Derby this year and so will uh Josh Berry will be in a jet uh sports car racing with um uh Stephen Nassie will be his uh will be his teammate and also Corey Heim is also making a trip out there that he's not on the list yet.
0: Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So there you are, some NASCAR drivers that will be taking part in the Snowball Derby, and that includes the Snowflake 100. Uh, is Derek going back this year?
1: Oh, yeah. Derek's already signed up. He's he's ready to go.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so good big already- racing. Brings in drivers from all over the country and uh, from all different venues of racing. <laughs> they all want to take part in the Snowball Derby. So uh, keep keep uh, your eyes out for uh, more news on that front. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move over to the Arkham Menard Series West, uh, the final series to close out their season. Sammy Smith wins the race, but it's Drew... Uh, Jake Drew that wins the championship for the 2022 season out at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, big night for both of those gentlemen.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, Jake's was already was already sealed, but the the race with uh Sammy Smith was <laughs> that was even a race. That was a that was a butt whooping. Sammy yeah, uh, he pretty much eliminated. Uh, yeah, he even after a penalty. He came back and just put a whooping on him. I mean, it was, it was sad. It was sad to see, to see it. I mean, it was all to
0: see the domination of one driver. Yeah. It makes it hard to watch the race, but it was uh, a big night for Bob and Maureen Bruncati. This was their final race, right?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was their final race. Tim Huddleston's taking over the team.
0: Oh, he's going to take over the team? What's it, What are they calling it? It's going to be High Point?
1: Yeah, it'll be High Point.
0: Okay, so we'll watch for that for next season. Uh, Tim Huddleston taking over the team uh, that has been run by Bob and Maureen Brucati for, oh, I don't even know how many years. It's got to be at least
1: 18. 25.
0: 15?
1: No, it's eighteen.
0: 18. Oh, 18. 18 years yeah. that they've been uh, in the uh, k and Pro Series and now the Arkham Menard Series West. And uh, uh, to get that championship in their final year was really cool to see. And I know Jake Drew uh, knew from the very beginning that he wanted to be the guy that brought home that trophy for uh, Bob and Maureen Bruncati.
1: Well, the first, the first year... The first year that that um the first year that Bob that Bob started set rights he won the championship that year. And then he closed out his last year also winning a championship. So he started as a champion and went out as a champion.
0: That's awesome. That is really Yeah, he cool. won the
1: championship, I'm pretty sure it was with Jason Bowles who we won the championship with and then he went out with um with shake uh, Drew as a champion.
0: And in between there, uh, how many championships did Derek Thorn bring to that team?
1: Two. Derek brought two.
0: Yeah, so he's had some really good drivers uh, racing with him over the years, and uh, it was a bittersweet day knowing that that would be their last race.
1: Oh, yeah, it was uh... – it was it was really neat to to see uh it was really neat to see the um uh you know you know the the witchman call it, that they did for him the um oh, the, the tribute you know uh-huh. little tribute thing they put up for him and stuff like that and you know it's neat to see all that so.
0: Absolutely. Uh, The other thing that it was a last for is Sammy Smith, the race winner, races at Kyle Busch Motorsports under the Joe Gibbs Racing banner, and uh, it's the last time that Kyle Busch Motorsports is going to be able to run under that uh, team.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So a couple of things there that uh, were the last uh for both the race winner as well as the uh championship uh driver uh with uh, both of those situations so uh really really uh uh interesting and they've contributed both of those organizations have contributed so much uh within the Arkham and Art series as well as uh you know Bush motorsports is also involved with the, the truck series and nascar and um it, it's a changing of the guard taking place here
1: yeah i guess you could say that you know it's um you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh next year you know um uh you know another another one you got to look out for is going to be david gillard racing because they'll be the um They'll be the new uh they're right. they're going from Ford to Toyota. And actually they're taking over where, where Kyle was the developmental team for Toyota. David Gillen uh-huh. will be the they'll get he's getting all the full support from uh from um uh from Toyota next year. So he's going he's switching from Ford to Toyota. hmm
0: uh-huh. Well, so let's go ahead and cover the top ten finishers uh, out there at Phoenix. Sammy Smith, as we mentioned, pretty much dominated the race. Uh, the margin of victory was zero point eight six six between him and last year's champion Jesse Love. And then Andres Perez de Lara came in third. Landon Pembleton finished fourth. Todd Souza rounds out the top five, and the next five drivers were Landon Lewis, Bradley Erickson, Parker Chase, Jake Finch, and Tanner Rife. All round out the top ten drivers uh, for that race out at uh, Phoenix.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, it was a it was a crazy race. Uh, a lot of cautions, which uh Phoenix always has a lot of cautions for their racing because, you know, these are all developmental drivers, you know. A lot of them mm-hmm. fly over half the field and never even raced on uh, on uh, on Phoenix. And a lot of them wanted, you know, wanted to go out there and give it a shot, you know, see what it was like. So, uh,
0: Well, they certainly found out. <laughs> Let's go yeah. ahead and cover oh, yeah. Even though we know Jake Drew is the champion, uh, how did the others fare?
1: Well, well um, oh Jake, okay, so Jake Drew is, is the champion. Tanner Rife ended up finishing second, so they they took the first two spots in the standings. Um, mm. Tanner Reif also got also got uh, Rookie of the Year, and then Colmore finished third. Tatsusa fifth, Joe East fifth, and Takuma Koga finished sixth. That was his highest finish ever. Oh, uh, all awesome. right. The and then uh, Bridget Burgess was seventh, Len Luce was eighth, mm-hmm. Andrew Tuttle was ninth, and Paul Petroselli Jr. and routed off the top ten.
0: Yeah, those last three drivers did not race the uh, all 11 races. Uh, Paul Petroselli. Junior actually only raced seven. Andrew Tuttle nine, and Landon Lewis eight. Everybody else raced all eleven races. So yeah, actually
1: Landon Lewis took over. He took over the sixteen car for Austin Herzog. Started a sixteen car ran three races, and then um, uh, then Landon Lewis took over the rest of the, the rest of the season for him.
0: Mm, okay. So it's very sweet to see them uh, end up the season uh, for the Arkham Menards series as well as the uh, series for all the NASCAR series. Uh, We'll be on break now until the middle of uh, February. But uh, if you want to see a replay, there is a tape delay of uh, the ARCA West Championship Race out of Phoenix Raceway. will be played this Friday, November the 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I always encourage everybody to check your local listings to make sure you've got the right time for your area. Uh, for that uh, tape delay on USA.
1: Yes, yeah, you definitely want to see the last race of the season and uh, see the domination by uh, by Sammy Smith. And, uh, gosh, that guy had, nobody had nothing for him. Yeah, he charge, had a... He
2: passed, uh, like,
1: he, he passed like 14 cars in two laps on the wow. last restart or something like that yeah it was just it was insane the way he was he had just. a
0: very fast car oh
1: he, <laughs> it was it was crazy
0: and and we should note too that sammy smith won the arca east championship he was also the Sioux cheap showdown champion So, uh, two titles for Sammy Smith, in addition to winning that season finale in the West Series. So, uh, a really big year for him as well. Um, Just to give a, a few stats here. Jake Drew, uh, his season was pretty phenomenal. In 11 races, he had 10 top 10s, 9 top 5s, and 4 wins. That includes 4 pole awards. He led, uh, I'm trying to see, is that the most laps? I think he led the most laps. Uh, Not by much, but he does have the most laps uh, completed, I should say, which is 1,331. Uh, and the most laps led at 378. His average start was at 4.5. His average finish, though, was at 3.6 in those 11 races. So, uh, pretty impressive stats for Jake Drew.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was pretty impressive. Um, you know, when you know when you look up and down at the field, you know that he raced against. Um, Technically, only seven drivers because all the other ones didn't race the whole season. So it was just, it was a small field of uh, you know of, of regular cars that you know that, that completed the whole um, the whole uh, season this year. Yeah,
0: and I'm looking down here at Sammy Smith's stats. He had two races in the Arca West this season. He did race in all three of the Arca Menards Series. Uh, but in the in the West he had two races and in those two races he had the one win. He had two top fives and two top tens. Uh and he had an average start of one with an average finish of two. <laughs> so really impressive stats, uh, for those two races that he was in in the of West.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: just amazing uh and and to race across all three of the and menard series uh was pretty impressive as well it's hard to do all of those races because sometimes there's conflicting dates and uh, i know we've had a couple times this season where the west and the east were racing on the same date or the west and the and menard series were racing on the same date but um it's really good to see takuma Koga have a really good season as well. You mentioned him earlier, and uh, this is the best season for him in the time that we've been watching.
1: yeah, he's been around a he's been around a long time he made his hundred start this year at um over in Las Vegas. He made his hundred start in the series. There's only been two drivers that have made a hundred starts. one of them was Todd Susan and the other one is uh is uh takuma koga.
0: Yeah, and and to you know to think he comes from Japan every time they race in order to race here in the U.S. So uh, it's really amazing. He goes above and beyond what a lot of those drivers, drivers would do.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. He makes a it's a long haul for him.
0: It definitely is. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and set up our next segment here because uh coming up uh we do have the post-race media interview with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series truck uh series champion and that is Zane Smith. He's the driver of the number 38 Front Row Motorsports Ford and uh after coming in second two years in a row, uh he finally, on his third attempt, made it into the championship title so uh really happy for uh Zane Smith to finally get that trophy
1: oh yeah it was uh it was a hard fought battle and um you know what it was a long long time coming, and like you said, you know he finally got the uh he finally got the win that's that's been uh, eluding him.
0: He certainly did. Uh, ben Rhodes tried to um, tried to contest there, but he just uh, couldn't do it. He didn't seem to have uh, the truck that could really compete uh, with St. Smith's truck. And uh, I am going to go ahead and play that audio now. The audio is actually 14 minutes, a uh, little more than 14 minutes long we're only going to play about 7 or 8 minutes of it. Uh and then Sal and I will talk about uh, our thoughts uh after we play uh that 7 or 8 minutes of his interview. Okay, let's go ahead and go here.
2: here is Jerry uh, were
1: you just not going to be denied I mean another runner-up finish probably could, probably been apoplectic after that so we're you just not going to be denied there at the end
3: yeah I knew our, our night had gone too smooth at times and um, we struggled bad on pit road and I went from dominating the race
0: want to mute your, um, your side because we're having a hard time hearing here.
2: Yeah, we were racing America.
4: Um, first of all, the four-wide move you found yourself in, four-wide bottom, was there ever a doubt that that was going to work out in your favor?
3: I have no idea when that was. Was that with, like, five to go, or how many was that to go? That was the, uh... Ten to go. Oh, man. Yeah, a lot happened that, I don't even know. Um, yeah, I, I know... I think I was underneath Chandler at that time, and, um, we were adoring each other, and we were nose to nose, and both of us obviously weren't going to lift, and, um, I mean, I, I, have said it in a few other interviews, but I just want to give a, a, shout out to the other three, we had a, every opportunity to wreck each other, and we battled hard, hit each other, but didn't wreck each other, and we were fighting for the, a championship, um, So a lot of respect goes out to them, and I don't know if it was an exciting finish, but I've had a heart attack at the line.
4: To that point, with Ben behind you, he he drove you pretty hard, but he didn't wreck you. Um, How nervous were you going into that final corner knowing that Ben was going to take some kind of shot?
3: Yeah, pretty nervous. I guess I I talked to my spotter, he said that he was on my bumper from the time I turned off the wall, Um, but I really didn't feel him until about center of the corner and I started getting really loose, and I was so worried he was going to – it was an uh, Xfinity finish from last year do-over, and um, I got really loose and then really tight, and then I heard the screaming of my spotter, which I knew we had it, and I'm just now getting my voice back. We'll go upstairs for a question. Chris, my guess I'm talking on Zane. I was just wondering uh, – if you had a chance to speak to Bob Jenkins yet yeah, and if you did what that conversation was like. I have not. Um, unfortunately, Bob uh, isn't here tonight. Um, but I can assure you I probably have a phone call from him. I haven't been able to check my phone. It's been pre- the busiest Victory Lane celebration I've ever been a part of. So um, it's been so cool to, to celebrate as family, friends, um, just on the West Coast in general and yeah i mean i just truly can't believe the night we've had john field the racing experts uh you know a year ago you had the runner-up finish in the championship your future is kind of up in the air how is it now sitting there the champion bright future ahead yeah definitely a lot has changed i have literally stood in this parking lot three years in a row not knowing what i'm going to be doing next year and I knew going into this, because I've been through way worse times. And regardless the outcome tonight, I'm gonna have a job next year, and that's such a weight off your shoulders. And so, uh, with him giving me that confidence, I wanted to reward him. To take championship, and I feel like that's why I don't want to say I raced so much harder, but um, I just couldn't lose another one. It just wasn't an option. And so. Um, yeah. Just just crazy where I'm at mentally and, and the how great things are going in my life right now and so I'm just trying to ride it as long as I can. Right, Zach. Zach Sturdalo with NASCAR.com. dot congratulations. Um you talked about the that mentality. Was is there one moment you can kind of pinpoint as, as a turning point for you? Obviously I know there was, there was the a heartbreak of finishing the second for the last couple of years, but getting behind the wheel of this 38 truck, is is there one thing that you noticed differently for you uh, this year? Is there a moment that stands out? I mean, probably just overall, like, team morale. Um, Like, I had a great relationship with my past team at GMS, but, I don't want to call them old, but it was an older group, and the group that I have now is is just younger, and um, and I, I feel like we weren't always hanging out at the shop we were also hanging out outside of work and so i just think that goes a really long way and um me and chris boston have a really good relationship and he's a fast racer of himself and um we just we click right away and then uh my engineer dylan capello we grew up racing together since i was about 12 years old and um he's from out here and uh, we spend every monday together in Sim. and Um, it's just that same deal as he's a pass racer himself and still races them when he can but um, I just feel like the communication is there a lot quicker than um, most Here to Bob Bob Fox Sports Uh, Does a driver who wants to be in the Cup Series and wants to win races in the Cup Series have, have to win races like this? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I've literally watched it. I went from my very first year in truck to, to winning um, a, a couple races in my rookie season and uh, getting possibly an opportunity at a, a cup car, and I thought that was crazy. And then uh, last year, I felt like we were really fast but struggled bad on execution. I felt like everything happened to us that year still were able to advance into the Final Four with winning at Martinsville. Um, But I feel like this year, uh, winning at Daytona and then a few more wins right after that, and then how the format is now, it's like if you get into the Final Four, we all have the same mentality of, man, there's a championship of our own, and whoever's the best of us four is the champion. And so um, it's just really hard to get here in the first place.
0: And
3: to execute
0: on this day is to a whole other level and I don't think we could execute it any better. Okay, so uh I had to hold it really close. The sound was as high as I could go, but it was still very light. I hope you could hear the interview.
1: You know, Sharon, I very I heard it was real spotty. I couldn't hear the questions they're asking. I heard some of the answers. But it, was oh, okay. just really, it was really um it uh, was really light. I just said,
0: yeah, I know. apologize to everybody for that. When I checked it earlier it sounded like sounded like I had good sound, but for some reason tonight I couldn't get it up higher than what it was. It was already at the top level and uh, I couldn't get it any higher, so uh but he, I did like some of his comments about uh uh, you know, going into the race, how he didn't have the pressure of of uh, not knowing where he was going to be for the next season. He knew where he was going to be for next season, and that took a lot of weight off of his shoulders. And then, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, how difficult it is to get there, number one, and then to, to race that final race and, and know that you've got to be the best and do the best you possibly can do in order to win
1: yeah I mean we we talked about that last year I think we talked about saying you know was you know that's the thing you know that he made it you know he made it a point you know to tell let everybody you know that he didn't know where he was gonna where he was gonna end up this year you know and of course you know he you know he ended up you know with the with the championship um so uh I mean that was that was good for him um you know, and, uh, Dylan Capello is a racer from out here. Um, he talked about his, his car chief, Dylan. Um, actually Dylan will be racing the, uh, Snowflake 100.
2: Oh, okay. So That's hopefully,
1: correct. I'm hoping we get a chance to see that Zane will, you know, come out here, you know, and support him, you know, get a chance to see Zane out here at the, you know, at the, at the derby this year, but, um, uh, Dylan so cool. was the one that was, yeah, Dylan was the one that was in the pictures without, uh, that didn't have, a a shirt. He's got oh, a regular shirt on. So, so if you okay. ever go back and wonder who Dylan, who Dylan is, that's who Dylan is. Uh,
0: yeah. also he talked about what a good relationship him and Chris Lawson have and that he really appreciate that Chris is also a racer and, uh, they, they kind of talk the same language.
1: Yeah, you know, and we've had Chris on the show before. Um, Chris Lawson was the—he was—he um, uh, was Todd Gilliland's crew chief throughout, through all the years that they had out there, and uh, when he was with BMR winning those championships.
2: Uh-huh. And uh,
1: we've had Chris, we've had Chris Lawson on the show a couple times. He's a really good guy and a really good crew chief. You know, it's good to see you know Zane and you know, him get together, you know, and be able to, you know, bring this championship, you know, back, you know, you know, for Zane to get that you know, to get that opportunity.
0: Absolutely. I was real happy for Zane Smith. Uh you know we followed him in, in when he was in Canon Pro Series. Uh he's from the West Coast and I'm sure you know that. Um and uh has really uh done quite well for himself. I'm real proud of Zane.
1: Yeah, you know, his dad, his dad actually works for Riley's, for Riley Herbs. dad, Troy, oh, in the okay. shop over here in Huntington Beach. Yeah, yeah, his dad Mike. I've I've talked to, spent some time with Mike with Zane's dad, and um, um, Zane's been around a long time, put his time in. You know what? And it was it was a well deserved. Uh, it was a well-deserved championship for him, you know. To see him, you know, finally getting after, like you said, you know, after being the bridesmaid for two years, you know, then finally get his chance. And you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good dominating win. Sure, he said he thought, you know, for a while there, you know, in the last stage, you know, when he fell kind of back, you know. But I mean, his team stepped up and you know kept him in the, kept him in the, in the game all night. You know, and, of course, you know, Zane came out you know, came out on top and, uh, you know, ended up, you know, bringing a championship home.
0: Absolutely. Well, I've got a few stats here that I want to share, too. Zane Smith has won his first Camping World Truck Series Championship. He's the 20th different driver to win a Truck Series Championship. Uh, He also won the... uh, season finale race out at Phoenix Raceway in order to win that title, Uh, he finished the 2022 season with 23 starts, 4 wins, 14 top 5s, and 19 top 10s. And during the uh, season, he posted 1 win, 5 top 5s, and 6 top 10s. You mentioned that uh, Zane is from Huntington Beach, California. He's the fifth different Camping World Truck Series champion from the state of California. He joins Mike Skinner, who is the 95 Series champion, Ron Hornaday Jr., who won the championship in 96, 98, 2007, and again in 2009, Matt Crafton. Who won in two, 2013, 14, and 19, and Sheldon Creed, who won the championship in 2020. So uh, that was really cool to see as well. That he joins a, a list of uh, notable people from that California state.
1: Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of people don't realize how many, um, how many. Uh, you know, how many champions, you know, we've had to come out of, you know, California, you know, I mean, even when you, when you go to the other series, you know, you talk about Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, Kevin Harvick, you know, just to name a few, you know, that, have you know, that are champions, you know, from out here in, in the, you know, that are from out or from California, you know, that are past champions.
0: Absolutely. Also, the owner, Bob Jenkins, he said he hadn't talked to him yet when he had that interview, uh, but he he was sure he had a phone call from him. It was the first series owner's title for that team as well at Front Row Motorsports, Uh, and that team uh, is the 15th different organization to win a truck series driver championship and the 17th different organization to win the owner's championship. Front Row Motorsports posted five Truck Series wins among two drivers, Todd Gilliland with one win and Zane Smith with the four wins. And in 2020, Front Row Motorsports made its Camping World Truck Series debut with Todd Gilliland in the number 38 at Daytona International Speedway. So uh, some additional stats there from an organization and team owner perspective
1: yeah there was he had a he had a good he had a good solid season the whole truck series was uh you know it was very competitive this year you know you know we talked about it you know each uh-huh. time you know, we you know we we would get to it you know and um you know i for a while i thought ben Rhodes looked like he was going to be the the champion you know he really gave it a, a heck of a run time of... Ty jeski was looking good for a while there too was in ty i I think the inexperience took over when he when he spun and hit the wall.
0: Yeah, you know, you're getting um, a little bit ahead of us right now, Jay uh Sam. Yeah. We're we're keeping it focused on uh, Zane right now. Uh but this is Chris Lawson's first career Uh, championship as well. His previous best championship finish before this season was seventh, and that was with Todd Gilliland last season. He became the 24th different crew chief to win in the uh, Truck Series championship, and Lawson has five career Truck Series victories with those two different drivers. Uh, Again, Todd Gilliland with one, and Zane Smith with four wins. So, uh, just a couple of other additional facts there with with regard to uh, uh, his crew chief.
1: Yeah, he was uh, it was a good dominating season for for the whole team, you know, involved, you know, um, you got to take your hats off to them, you know, they uh, they performed when they needed to and uh, You know, I'm sure you know that they're I know Zane's gonna be be uh, relishing that moment for uh, you know for the whole off
0: season absolutely as he should uh it was his seventh victory in 69 camping world truck series races his fourth victory in 19 top 10 finish in 2022 and his first victory and third top 10 finish in three races at phoenix ben rhodes you mentioned him he came in second he posted his fifth top-ten finish in eight races at Phoenix and his 13th top-ten finish this year. And I agree with you. For a second there, I thought Ben might uh, pull off two in a row. Uh, Chandler Smith posted, came in third, posting his fourth top-ten finish in four races at Phoenix. Corey Heim finished seventh. He was the highest-finishing rookie. Zane Smith uh, won the 2022 Truck Series Championship, Corey Heim won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year Award, and Toyota won the Camping World Truck Series Manufacturers Championship. So uh, uh, really amazing. I, I want to kind of go over the rest of the top ten here uh, for that race. Uh, but before I do that, Smith dominated the race. He led 77 of 154 laps, sweeping both opening stages. A pit stop under yellow with 14 laps remaining saw Smith lose eight spots on pit road. Uh, Meanwhile, Ben Rhodes took two tires and gained track position. Another yellow flag on lap 148 of the scheduled 150 laps allowed the 38. Zane Smith another shot. Rhodes uh, led at the time, but teammate time Majewski spun while attempting a move on uh, Zane Smith uh, and the spin brought out a yellow and eliminated Majewski's title hopes. Uh, The (coughs) The overtime restart with Rhodes leading over Smith and Smith. (laughs) It was the 18th uh, of uh, Chandler Smith and the 38th of Zane Smith, and the three battled to the checkered flag with the 38 beating the 99 of Rhodes to the line by just 0.236 seconds. John Hunter Nemechek, Stuart Friesen, Grant Dinfinger, Corey Heim, Tanner Gray, Caden Honeycutt, and Carson Hosefar rounded out the top 10. There were 15 lead changes among seven drivers and seven cautions for 41 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race: 89.003 miles per hour. Uh, now we can get into your thoughts about the top 10 there. So,
1: you know, and also you know you got to give an honorable mention to uh, Brandon Reynolds because Brandon Reynolds started his um, his uh, his uh, management team this season. And he has Noah Gregson and also had Zane Smith on the as two of his clients. So so that right. this was a uh, this was a this was a big win for Brand McReynolds too for his um for his management team. I know not, not, I don't think anything was said about that, but um
0: right, I, I, think I, I know
1: Brandon was in the back Yeah, he was in the backs probably celebrating with them after, but um
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was
1: kinda neat. It was kinda neat to see it.
0: Okay. Uh, was there anything more you wanted to say about the competition
1: there? No, that was basically about it. You know what? It, it was a, it was a it was a good run race. You know what? Zayn did what he had to do. You know when he needed to do it. You know to get the you know to grab the definitely to victory. Well, it's the, the victory, but mostly you know the uh, championship, which is what he was. You know, which is the focus of, of all of them.
0: Absolutely. And and you know, what one of the things that was kind of amazing this year is even though we saw some good racing throughout the race, um Zane Smith, uh we're gonna talk about Ty Gibbs in a little bit and also uh Joey Logano, all three champions this year pretty much dominated their races
1: for the most part. Yeah, it's they you know, and once again the the trucks I think was a more of an exciting race. The Xfinity and the and the cup was doubt. Oh my gosh, I feel bad for the I have a friend that went. He said and he's a big race fan. And he said, Man, he goes he goes he goes, I could not believe how boring the cup and the Xfinity race was. He well, was really good. He goes,
0: pretty much dominated the race. Uh, Zane yeah. Smith uh, dominated the race, but he, he he won both of the stages uh, and won the race. Uh, but he had some competition. I mean, some of these guys. Ben Rhodes had the lead for a little bit. Uh, there were several different drivers that were in the lead at one point or another. There yeah
1: and uh
0: lead changes among just seven drivers. So he wasn't the only yeah. driver who led for sure.
1: Oh no. Oh no no, he wasn't the only one. It was it was like I said, it was it was uh it was a good it was a good run by it was a good run by Zane, you know, and he, he kept his composure when he needed to, you know what, and, and you know, got the you know, ended up with the win and, and the um you know, got to take home the big trophy.
0: Absolutely. Do you want to go over
1: the top ten points, guys? Yeah, let me see where we're at here. I was working on some things. Here we go, truck series. Truck series driver points. Uh, Of course, Zane Smith was our champion. Ben Rhodes finished second. Uh, Chandler Smith third. And uh, Ty Majewski ended up in fourth, you know. Look how close it was,
0: Sal. Yeah. It was amazingly close.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, as far as the points were. Um, and then, um, you know, then we go down and John Hunter Ima check. He, like he was five in.
0: points out. Chandler was just six points out. So yeah. incredibly close there.
1: Well, it, it's because of where they finished in the race too. You yeah, know, that's why they were that close. And um it looked like for a while John Hunter Niemenchek was gonna get the win. John he looked he was he was looking strong there at the beginning of the race and um and actually John is the he's the the non point the non chase he ended up winning the this uh he was the nice finisher for the for the non chase finishing in the in the fifth position and then sixth was Stuart Friesen. Seventh was Grant Infinger, eighth Christian Eckes, ninth was Matt Crafton, and finishing in a tenth spot was uh, Carson Hosovar.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, everybody thought coming into this that it was going to be John Hunter Nemechek going after that championship, and it just seems to elude him every year.
1: Yeah, you know, I I I thought at the beginning of the season he was he was he was my pick you know, to, you know, to finally, you know, get his, to get his championship, you know, and it never, and it never, never panned out like that. So I think what I'm going to do next, this next season coming up is the guy that I pick at first, I'm going to pick him and then, and then I'm going to pick someone later on because like everybody <laughs> that I pick at the beginning, they, some happens that they don't end up uh, coming through for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to change my, my strategy this year. Okay. So the guy that I the guy that I really want to win I'm not gonna pick. I'm gonna wait till towards the end of the season, then I'll pick him and then hopefully he'll be the one that'll that'll win the championship.
0: Be able to get that championship. Yes yeah. indeed. It's it really uh was an amazing race and uh again I'm just so proud of all of these drivers. All of these races were really clean races as well, Sal. And uh, the same was true there in the truck series. Uh, They raced each other with respect, and uh, it was a very clean uh, finish uh, for everybody.
1: Oh yeah, it was. They um, they really put on a they put on a really great show for the fans. I mean, the fans can't. uh, You know, um, they they all raced with respect. You know what? The, The non chase drivers gave them the room that they needed. You know to you know to you know, to let them decide. You know who's going to be the champion. You know, and and not let you know, not let them you know come in the way of, of uh, you know, of being, uh, being a spoiler.
0: Exactly. What did you think of the news about um, uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports announcing uh, that they'll have two full time teams in the Craftsman Truck Series next year with Chase Purdy? Uh, is going to compete for the championship in the number four as part of a multi-year deal. And Jack Wood is going to compete in a minimum of 10 races uh, alongside uh, KBM owner Kyle Busch and other later-to-be-announced Cup and Xfinity Series drivers as part of the team's owner championship effort in the number 51 Chevrolet.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like... (laughs) Oh, what can you say?
0: Well, they also formed an alliance, a technical alliance, to support Rev Racing's expansion into the truck series because that was an announcement this week as well. That Rev Racing is coming into the truck series uh, this year with that alliance with uh, KBM. Uh, They'll also uh, bring Nick Sanchez in to uh, the Chuck series driving the number two Chevrolet.
1: Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought, I thought that was pretty good. You know, going back to the, to the chase Purdy and the, and the, and the Jack wood, you know, I guess there's nobody left for uh crowd to develop. And I mean, I've known Jack wood for years. He he used to he used to race out here in the in the can um he used to race in the Kenan West series out here before he started racing trucks. This mm-hmm. year um it, it's going to be uh, unless he has someone else on the horizon how wish, you know yep. he might have someone else he hasn't announced yet you know for the third truck but hey
0: well no um, not for the third- truck for the 51 truck because yeah. uh jack wood is signed for 10 races kyle bush will run some of the other remaining races along with a later to be announced cup series and xfinity series drivers uh that will be competing yeah. team's owner's championship in that number 51 chevrolet oh.
1: hmm. yeah it's going to be interesting i mean he's uh, then you know to see rev racing finally you don't get out of the
4: you know, how yeah. the
1: RPE series, you know, coming to the trucks, you know what? I I, I think that's gonna be neat to see that. You know, to see I that come you. to, you know you know, to come into play. I I think that's gonna be really, really, really neat.
0: Well, especially with you know, the to, partnership with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Kyle Bush is such a good mentor. We've seen him uh mentor a lot of different drivers. Uh and uh I think it's going to be a good partnership there with Rivers.
1: Oh yeah, I think it is too. I think it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see you know what happens you know with the you know what's going to happen um, next year you know when they you know when finally everybody gets together you know and they and they um you know and they uh you know they start you know putting the teams together and, and see how everything pans out especially when uh, Daytona comes around.
0: Exactly. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on now to the Xfinity Series Championship race. Ty Gibbs is the champion there in the number 54 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota Supra. He won his first Xfinity Series Championship. His previous best finish in the Series Final Championship standings was 13th just last year. Gibbs is the 32nd different driver to win. Um the Xfinity Championship. He won the season finale at Phoenix Raceway again to claim that title, and he made 33 starts this season, posting 7 wins, 16 top fives, and 23 top tens. In the playoffs this season, Gib posted two wins, six top fives and seven top tens, and from Charlotte, he's become the eighth Xfinity Series driver from the state of North Carolina, joining Daniel Hemrick, who is the 2021 champion from Kannapolis. North Carolina, William Byron, the 2017 uh, champion from Charlotte, North Carolina, Austin Dillon from Welcome, North Carolina, won the championship in 13. Brian Vickers from Thomasville, North Carolina in 2003, Dale Earnhardt Jr., 98, 99, also from Kannapolis, uh, North Carolina, Jack Ingram, uh in 85 82 from Asheville North Carolina and Sam Ard in 83 and 84 also uh actually he's from Asheboro North Carolina so uh joining some pretty elite company there
1: yeah it was uh it was a very good run race you know what um there was a lot of close calls but you know what Ty Gibbs um Kept his composure, you know what, and um, you know, had the fastest car, and uh, you know, and and he earned here earned yes, that he win here the championship. You know,
0: he definitely did uh, for dri- driver owner championship. Joe Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, it was his fourth Xfinity Series Driver Championship. Kyle Busch in 2009, Daniel Suarez in 19, Daniel Hebrink in 21, and Ty Gibbs in 22. The third most all time in the series. Uh, it was his sixth Xfinity Series Owner Championship. He also won in 2008, 9, 10, 12, 16, and 22 which ties Team Penske, who won in 13, 14, 15, 17, 20, and 21 for the series' most owner titles all time in the Xfinity Series at six each. Joe Gibbs Racing is one of 19 different organizations to win the uh, Xfinity Series Driver Championship and one of 18 different organizations to win the Owner's Championship. Joe Gibbs Racing has posted 193 Xfinity Series wins among 20 different drivers, including Eric Almiroa, Bobby Labondi, Brandon Jones, Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez, Denny Hamlin, Elliot Sadler, Eric Jones, Harrison Burton, Joy Logano, John Hunter Nemechek, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, Mike Bliss, Mike McLaughlin, Ryan Priest, Sam Hornish Jr., Tony Stewart, Ty Gibbs and Daniel Hemrick. Joe Gibbs Racing began its Xfinity Series program in 1997 at Rockingham Speedway with NASCAR Hall of Famer Bobby Labonte. So, uh, a big accomplishment for Joe Gibbs as well.
1: Oh yeah, it was a it was a it was huge for them. You know what? And um, <laughs> you know they they join a elite class. You know what? Um, I think wasn't this ties rookie year too or i'm not i'm not sure if it was or if it that's what it wasn't i'm
0: I'm not sure either so what was your question
1: if this was ty's um uh rookie year
0: oh uh i'm not sure but he would definitely be the rookie of the year if he is oh yeah
1: i mean it's i mean he dominated that dominated the race, did what he had to do and to it win. Clean. And it was clean. They kept it, all of them kept it clean. Yep, all the drivers yeah, they, the they clean. definitely they did.
0: did. Chris Adams, his, uh, crew chief. It was his first career championship in the Xfinity series. Uh, his previous best finish in the championship standings was third, that was with Elliott Sadler in 2014. Gail is also the 30th different crew chief to win an Xfinity Series championship. And he's won 37 Xfinity Series races with eight different drivers, Elliot Sadler, Kyle Busch, Eric Jones, Denny Hamlin, Sam Hornish Jr., Christopher Bell, Ty Gibbs, and John Hunter Nemechek. So uh, some really good stats there for the crew chief as well.
1: Oh yeah, they they had a they had a good a good solid, you know, round rounded year, you know, with him and um you know, to you know, be the to be the half man to win, you know, over the three men, according to Noah Gregson, you know, it was uh I'll tell you he um he he put on a, a little bit of a clinic there. You know, and he and even his even his post race his post race, you know, conference, you know, when they, when he talked, you know, he was really humble, you know, he didn't, you know, get all cocky and all that, you know, he was really humble, you know, the way he spoke about the, you know, the, the race, the championship, you know, and, um, you know, it. everybody knows a kid messed up, you know, but I mean, you know, he you got to give him a chance to redeem himself, you know, and, and, it's going to take a while, you know, and he did it so far. He's done everything right. You know what he, he celebrated, right. You know what? And, um, you know, he and he did everything he had to do, you know, said the right things, you know, thanked all yep. the people that were with him, you know what, and, um, you know, and, and it was really neat to see, you know, to see, you know, to see that out of him, but it was, it was more neat, you know, to see the, it was more neat to see all four of them race each other hard, but race each other clean. I mean, they did rub, do some rubbing, they did some banging, but you know, on all in all, you know what, they did try to dump each other, you know, uh-huh. and they... And they like like they all said, if we win, we want to win because, you know, we race clean. We don't want to win because we race dirty.
0: Exactly right. Uh, for Ty Gibbs, it was his 11th victory in 51 Xfinity Series starts, his 7th victory and 23rd top 10 finish of the season, and his 1st victory and 3rd top 10 finish in 3 races at Phoenix. North Gregson finished 2nd, posting his 5th top 10 finish in 8 races at Phoenix, and his 26th top 10 finish this season. Justin Algauer finished third, posting his 17th top-ten finish in 25 starts at Phoenix. Sheldon Creed was sixth. He was the highest-finishing rookie of the race. So there you go. He, w- I guess Ty is not a rookie this season. Uh, Sheldon yeah. Creed was the highest-finishing rookie. Ty Gibbs won uh, the championship, of course. Chevrolet won uh. the manufacturer's championship. Um one week after igniting a maelstrom of uh, controversy for his brutish tactics at Martinsville, Ty Gibbs held off a of charging Noah Gregson to win the championship race uh, at Phoenix. Uh, Leading a race-high 125 laps. Ty Gibbs won the championship by virtue of his win, and it was his seventh win this season. He ends the year with consecutive victories. Noah Gregson came in second, less than four-tenths of a second behind Gibbs. Justin Algauer, as we mentioned, finished third. Then it was landing. A.J. Allmendinger round out the top five, followed by Sheldon Creed. Riley Erbs, Daniel Hemrick, Austin Hill, and Sammy Smith rounding out the top ten. Uh, again, Gibbs won both stages, giving him ten stage wins for the season. There were 15 lead changes among five drivers and eight cautions for 48 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race, 91.174. And your thoughts about those top ten finishers, Jay? Sal?
1: You know, I think Sheldon Creed could have finished better than six, but I know late in the last stage, um, he seen the leaders coming and he kinda of moved up the track a little bit and I think that's where he lost all that track position. But had it been a re- had it been a regular race, you know, not a championship race, I think Sheldon would have had a lot better finish than what he did. Um and, and I know they even mentioned something, you know, they Creed, you know, gave gave Noah and gave um uh um Ty gives you know a lot of room. You know he moved way up the track. You know to let them you know go ahead and battle battle it out. You know um, Justin Algar. You know, gosh, you know I I was kind of pulling for Justin. You know to kind of be the the you know the spoiler in this whole thing. Um, you know I really like Justin. I I I like the way he um, I like the way he approached the you know the championship. You know he was quiet, didn't say much. You know, just, um, you know, ran his ba- basic, you know, commitments to the business. media and just take care of business and stay quiet and stay really professional about it. Um, mm-hmm. Felt bad for Josh Berry. Josh Berry had yeah. issues with fit name. Josh Berry just had, he was a hot mess the whole day, you know. So, I mean, <clears throat> there was times, you know, when he looked strong, but, you know, he just could never, you know, it's hard to come back from stuff like that.
2: You know, for mm-hmm. something
1: like that, you know, and then, um, you know, to see Riley, you know, finishing the top 10 again, you know, he's looking yeah. really good. You know, um, we haven't heard nothing what, where he's going to end up next year, if he's going to still end up, you know, with Stuart Haas racing. But, um, I'll tell you, uh, um, Justin Allgaier was, he was kind of my, my silent pick to, to win the, to win the whole thing this year.
0: Yeah, I think he was a good one to pick. Uh, and I think Riley Earps, I hope he does come back with Stewart House Racing next season. I think he's going to be a strong contender. But uh, I want to make sure we hit the uh here for the Xfinity Series, too, before we move on to the Cup.
1: Okay, the driver points are, um, well, we know Ty Gibbs won the championship. Noah Greg's finished second. Justin Algar finished third, Josh Berry fourth, and then from there, then we went down to fifth to A.J. Almendinger, Sixth was Austin Hill. Seventh was Sam Mayer. Eighth was Brandon Jones. Ninth was Daniel Hamrick. And Riley Herbst finished in the top ten, so he rounded out the top ten. And then you have to give an honorable mention to Ryan Sieg in 11th. You know, it's one of the smaller teams, you know, not one of the big, you know, big money players out there and um
0: And right behind him is Jeremy <clears throat> Clements, another smaller team.
1: Yeah. Yeah and Jeremy Clements who also had a win this year. Mhm. Also had a one win so uh,
0: really To see uh how that all played
1: uh, out. Yeah no, no, actually Austin Hill ended up with the uh with the two wins. Austin Hill you know, automatically ended up with the uh with the rookie of the year. You 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 know, it finished up in the sixth spot. But um there's gonna be a lot said, a lot this a lot to talk about during the off season with uh with Ty Gibbs and Noah moving into the cup series next season. You know Oh
0: yeah, they haven't officially yeah. announced Ty Gibbs yet, but a lot of people are expecting yeah. that to happen, so we'll have to oh, wait. They they, happens.
1: they they kinda leaked it during the during the yeah, during, during the podcast. Oh yeah, they they, they kinda stepped on their toes about it but you know to see Josh Berry come back you know with with uh Junior Motorsports next year you Mm -hmm. know that that's going to be that's going to be huge for him you know uh you know other than that nobody's announced we don't even know where Sheldon Creed's going to end up you know nobody's announced anything except for we know that uh Josh Berry's coming back to Junior Motorsports next year.
0: Well, we'll look forward to some off-season news, and hopefully we can talk about all of that early in December uh, when we come back with our one-off show uh, during that first uh, early part of uh, November. Let's go ahead and move on to the um, uh, Cup Series. Joey Logano was your Series champion, uh, driving the number 22 (laughs) Ford Mustang. Uh, but he became the 17th different driver to win multiple championships, and just the second driver to win multiple titles uh, in 2018, and then again this year, joining two-time series champion Kyle Busch, who won the championship in 2015 and 19. Logano won the uh, season finale. All three drivers won their races to claim their titles, and Logano finished uh, the 20. 20- two season with four wins, 11 top fives, and 17 top tens. He said with this being the year of 2022, it uh, just stands to reason that the number 22 car would win. Uh, during the playoffs this season, Logano produced two wins four top fives and five top tens. Uh, Joey Logano is from Middletown, Connecticut, and is the first and only driver from the state of Connecticut to win the NASCAR cup series championship in 2018 and 22. Um, so some thoughts there real quick.
1: Yeah, he, um, dominated the, dominated the race, ran it, ran a good, a good race. You know what? And, um, uh, he was my pick from you know when the chase started. He was one of my drivers, and as it as it as it continued in, I just had a feeling that that Joey was going to be he was going to be the driver to beat. He just was really focused yep. this year. They had a good a good solid season, you know what? And uh, and it was good to see him, um, you know, to see him come out on top the way he did.
0: Yes, indeed. Now, the owner champion, Roger Pinsky from Team Pensky, it was Team Pinsky's third Cup Series Driver Championship. Uh, they won with Brad Kesowski in 2012, and then the two uh, championships for Joy Logano in 18 and 22. That's the sixth most all-time in the series. Uh, it's also Team Pinsky's third. Owners Championship. Again, they won with Brad Keselowski in 2012 and then the two championships for Joey Logano in 18 and 22. Uh, that's tied with Herb Thomas for sixth most of all time in the series. And Team Pinsky's ninth National Series Owner Championship uh, three cup in 22, 18, and 20. Six Xfinity in 21, 20, 17, 15, 14, and 13. <coughs> That's tied with Petty Enterprises with nine for the fourth most of all time. And Team Penske has led 10 different drivers to victory lane for a total of 135 Cup Series wins. Mark Donahue, Bobby Allison, Rusty Wallace, Jeremy Mayfield, Ryan Newman, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, and Austin Sindrick. Excuse me. Team Penske started their Cup Series program in nineteen seventy two, making their series debut at Riverside International Raceway with driver Mark Donahue. <laughs>
1: Your thoughts there. Yeah, it was uh Matt. There's a there's a lot of s a lot of stats, a lot of history and a lot of uh And it was a lot of – oh, and then you forgot to mention, too, that this is the first year ever that that the same team owner won the IndyCar championship and the NASCAR Cup championship.
0: Ah, very cool.
1: He won the IndyCar championship this year, and he also got the Cup championship. So that even added more to the, uh, you know, to Joey Logano winning the, you know, to winning not only the race but the championship.
0: Absolutely. And then Paul Wolf, what a crew chief. Paul won his second Cup Series championship with Brad Keselowski in 2012 and Roy Logano this year. He's one of 44 different uh, NASCAR Cup Series crew chiefs to win a championship and the 16th to win multiple Cup Series titles. Wolf also became the fifth different crew chief in the Cup Series to win titles with multiple drivers, joining crew chiefs Bud Moore, who won with Bud. Buck Baker in 57, and Joe Weatherly in 62 and 63. Carl uh with Tim Flock in 55, and Buck Baker in 56. Dale Inman with Richard Petty in 64, 67, 71, 72, 74, 75, and 79, and Terry Labani in 84. And Tim Brewer winning with Kale C- Yarborough in 78, and Darryl Waltrip in 81. Wolf has thirty seven cup series wins. Twenty nine of those wins came with Brad Keselowski and eight with Joey Logano.
1: <laughs> wow. That's a heck yeah. of a that's a heck of a of a um class to be with to be involved with.
0: It, it sure he is. Uh so really, really uh elite company there. Uh, As far as the race itself for the 35th annual Cup Series Championship race, uh, it was Joey Logano's 31st victory in 507 Cup Series starts, his 4th and 17th top 10 finish, 4th victory and 17th top 10 finish in 22, his 3rd victory and 16th top 10 finish in 28 races at Phoenix. Ryan Blaney finished 2nd. I thought Ryan might... come up with the win there, but he didn't. It was his ninth top 10 finish in 14 races at Phoenix and his 17th top 10 finish this year. Ross Chastain finished third, posting his second top 10 finish in nine races at Phoenix. Austin Sindrick was the highest finishing rookie. He finished in the 11th place. Uh, Joy Logano won the championship and hit for his second title. Austin Sindrick won the Sunoco Rookie of the Year honors, and Chevrolet won the Cup Series Manufacturers Championship.
4: Pretty, pretty good.
1: Uh, pretty awesome stats there. You know, when you think about you know all the, you know the the top four, you know. Um, you know, gosh, but you got to—you really had to feel bad for um, okay. for uh, Ross Chastain. I mean, he he made a he made a run at it, but you know, it just oh didn't
0: my god, he didn't.
1: And Chris Bell, he just man, his pit stops just totally
0: ruined his day. His
1: pit stops, his oh yeah, his pit stops ruined just totally ruined his day. I mean, he just gosh, they just that. JGR team just couldn't, you know, and, and you kind of think, you know what, if maybe it was just the weight of, you know, you know, hearing, you know, like Coy Gibson just died that morning, you know, if, if that might've had a, you know, little effect on the, you know, on the yeah. way the the team performed, they might've been trying to push a little too hard to try and get that win, you know, and when you push too hard, you know, that's when you make mistakes.
0: Uh, that's true, and I do want to give our condolences, Sal, to the Gibbs family on uh, their loss, their sudden loss of Coy Gibbs. Uh, they were such a big surprise to hear that, and uh, I know the whole NASCAR community is surrounding that family with lots of love and, and condolences uh, for their loss, and uh, we certainly are are praying for the family as well.
1: Yeah, it's it was it was sad, you know, to see, you know, what you know what had happened, you know, and uh you know, to hear what happened, you know, especially, you know, after, you know, celebrating, you know, the you know the you know, the um
0: championship.
1: The championship, you know, um, gosh, it was I mean, it was just it was just devastating just devastating news, you know, and uh you know, to think, you know, that this is his second son he's lost. He's had two sons. I know. He's made it past the age. Made it past the age of forty nine. They both died, you know, before their fiftieth birthday.
0: I know. It really. Uh, I'm sure it's uh, a difficult time for the family and. Uh, um, you know, there's nothing worse than having something like that happen, and and uh, to happen so suddenly. I don't think there was any indication that there were any problems there, so it it really came as uh, quite a shock.
1: Yeah, it did. It came as a shock to everybody. You know, the whole NASCAR community. You know, um, you know, and uh, you know, like you said, you know, thoughts and prayers. You know, after the you know, gives family to the or- to the organization. You know, as they you know. Yes, you know as they, they mourn the loss. It's it's um, Matt Philpot who does the tires for Derek in the um, for the Snowball Derby. He's he's the guy that 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 works on Chris Bell's team, and and he posted you know how you know what it, what the what the mood was like you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know going into you know going into the race on Sunday, you know knowing you know that they just lost you know their you know their their the master, you know the guy, the leader, the yeah. one who calls all the shots.
0: Yep. Um, I don't want to run out of time here, so I'm going to go ahead and move on. But I, I agree with everything that you said there. So uh, Logano dominated at Phoenix for his second Cup title. It was the perfect ending to a season that Logano started with a win, dominating the action uh, at the race at Phoenix. But he also won. Uh, the clash at the Coliseum. So he won the first and the last races of the season. Uh, he started on the pole. He won the first stage and led a race high, 187 laps. He won the race and claimed his second uh, championship as we've mentioned. Uh, and, uh, it was, uh, again, the second championship to win the, the fourth of the year, the third at Phoenix, and the 31st of his career. Blaney finished second, followed by Chastain, Chase Briscoe, Kevin Harvick, William Byron, Kyle Bush, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, and Christopher Bell. Logano started from the pole, dominating... Uh, much of the race, he took the lead from Briscoe with 29 laps remaining and held off Blaney for a win of uh, by .3 seconds. Elliott spun into the inside wall on lap 200 after contact with Chastain. And he was not competitive after that. He ended up finishing 28 two laps down. Stage one again was won by Logano. Stage two by Blaney. There were 11 lead changes among six drivers and six cautions for 39 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 104.757 miles per hour. Your thoughts about the top 10 finishers?
1: Yeah, the top 10, like if, you know, like we said, you know, we. Had- you know, spoke about him, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I know, I know Kyle wanted to win really bad, you know, cause this, this was his, um, the last time he's going to see the M&Ms, you know, on his car, you know, and, and it was neat to see his, his paint scheme, you know, with all the, with all the, all the names, you know, all over the car the way it was, um, you know, Chase, Chase Briscoe to see you know, go out, you know, the way he did, you know, you know, finishing fourth for, uh actually Chase Briscoe and Kevin Harvick, you know, to give um Stewart Haas racing, you know, that kick that they need, you know, going going into next year. Um, you know, Kyle Larson, you know, continues gosh, don't know what happened to him this year, you know, after he dropped out of chase. You know, that's kind of, you know, at the end of him. But um you know, to see Christopher Bell, you know, still get that tenth place finish, you know, after all the problems he had, you know, you kinda think if he wanna had those those pit issues, you know, how much more of a a threat could have he has possibly been, you know, to, uh, you know, to Joey Logano's um, run for the championship.
0: Yes. Uh, I'm going to have to switch out my phone. So while I do that, Sal, why don't you go ahead and uh, cover the points report?
1: Okay. And then the points at the end, the end of the season... Our points were, as everybody knows, uh, Joey Logano ended up, with, uh, ended up with the championship. Ross Chastain finished second, Christopher Bell third, and Chase Elliott and finished fourth. And then from there, D- Danny Hamlin, who was the regular season champion, e- ends up to be the the non-points champion too, finishing fifth. William Byron, who stayed strong throughout the whole season finished sixth. Kyle Larson dropped to seventh. Ryan Blaney in eighth. Chase Briscoe ninth. And Daniel is the top ten. Gosh, Daniel Suarez just really, really had a really superb season this year.
2: Yeah. I'm curious indeed. to see how
1: well he does next year. He's, I'm sure he's gonna, he's gonna be a, uh, a solid threat next year. Austin Dillon. I'm really impressed with
0: house Racing in general.
1: Oh yeah, they they did a really good job this year. And then Austin Dillon finished eleventh. He'll have Kyle Busch next year as his teammate. So we're gonna see how how the uh RCR stable how they um how they respond to the challenge next year. But yeah, like you said, track house racing with Daniel Suarez, they really they really stepped up their game and uh, you know, Daniel Suarez, you know, made did make the chase, you know, he went out early but you know, you still got the the tenth place finish and uh you know, um HMS con- you know, continue to flex their muscle, you know, with Chase Elliott finishing right. fourth, Byron sixth and um and uh, Larson seventh and then of course Bowman is sixteenth, but Bowman did miss uh, five races because of a 'cause of a concussion.
0: Right. You know,
1: but but they all went down with they all had a they all had at least one win on the season, you know, in, in the organization, which is, which is, you know, That's which, good was, uh, which is really big for them. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was good really news. good news for Hendrick.
0: Yes. And so they've got a lot to look forward to next season as well. Uh, it's it's gonna be uh, very very good to watch uh racing again next season. And then uh they gave us kind of the state of the business uh conference with uh, Steve Phelps and Steve mcdonald O'Donnell at um Phoenix as well. And they're very optimistic, uh about everything that's going on in NASCAR. They feel that communications have improved between them and the drivers and uh uh they're they're going to continue to make some changes with the next gen car for the 2023 season and then they're saying the 2024 schedule is going to have some some big changes uh for that 2024 season so i can't wait uh to find out uh how that's going to shape up uh for not this year this coming year but for the following year of 2024
1: well we already know one big change is going to come And that's going to be, Auto Club won't be a two-mile track. It'll be a half-mile track. So that's going to be one of the big changes that we'll be talking about.
0: Also, Chicago's going to be a street race.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're bringing Chicago back as a different different, um, playing field. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so are you going to be at a racetrack this weekend, Sal?
1: Yeah, this weekend, SRL Series has, we have our championship race. So we'll be... um, We'll be crowning three champions. We already have the champion, and the uh, modified has already been decided. So we got a we got a champion in the pro late and super late models that are going to be battling it out for a championship. Um,
0: Who are your picks? Um, Who's going to uh, do it? You
1: know, it. I like Jacob Gomes a lot, but it seems like. Um, uh, Jeremy Dawson just has a he's got a, a boatload of steam behind him right now. And as far as the pro lakes, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Dylan Zappa that'll end up with the championship. But the Super Lakes is the one that's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna to be tough because um like I said, Jake, Jacob is just Jacob's good at at Irindale, and so is uh so is Jeremy, but I, I think Jeremy has a little bit more um more momentum on his side so uh, okay we'll just see we'll just see what happens.
0: yes, indeed, I'll be sure to look that up uh Sal. it's been a great year again uh as always and uh i I definitely have enjoyed the season with you, and uh I'll look forward to the twenty twenty three season back here at Tampa Racing Radio, especially on our Monday night show uh with you and with Jay Hughesman on our Thursday night show.
1: Oh yeah, it's going to be exciting. Looking forward to it all.
0: Okay. Well, you take care, and we'll we'll talk to you more about that uh, early December show as we get closer to that time.
1: All right. All right. Good night. everybody you guys have a good show, and we'll talk to you later. Have a good off season, and uh, stay safe. Okay.
0: You too, Sal Bye bye. all right, it is time for us to get into our NASCAR Hot topic sound off, and uh, joining me for that part of our show here tonight is uh, Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay.
4: Well, thank you, Sharon. Again, it's a little sad to be here uh, on the final one of the year, or possibly the final one. I know we've got some things we're talking about and what we might do, but uh, wrapping up the championship weekend, uh, that's part of it.
0: That is all part of it, and uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of our, uh, the rest of our for Racing crew were all busy tonight and not able to be here, so we're hoping that that early December show, uh, we'll be able to kind of pull together more of our for Racing crew here uh, for our Hot Topic conversation. So Jay, why don't you kick us off with our first Hot Topic here tonight?
4: Well, um, I'm sure you and Sal probably talked about it throughout the review a little bit, but just the thoughts on the three championships over the course of the weekend, and I say the three uh, NASCAR top three series. I know the Arca West uh, finally crowned their champion as well on Friday night, but NASCAR's top three champions uh, and their races.
0: Yeah, um, we did talk about it a little bit. Uh, We kind of felt like uh, the most exciting race was probably the truck series race. All three of the drivers pretty much dominated their races, but uh, it just seemed like there was a little more competition uh, in the uh, truck series race uh, than the other two races. Uh, that Ty Gibbs uh, pretty much dominated that Xfinity Series race. And Joy Logano pretty much dominated the um, Cup Series race. What's really cool is that all three champions won their races to earn their titles. So I thought that was pretty cool as well, because sometimes we, you don't necessarily have to win the race to win the championship. But all three of those drivers did win their races. So I thought that was uh, very cool as well um and uh i'm i'm real proud of all three champions uh all three races were very cleanly run uh there was a lot of respect for their fellow competitors and uh i think i think in just about every case i think uh that their fellow competitors were acknowledged by the champions uh and there was a a lot of appreciation for the clean uh clean aspect of uh, all of those races
4: Yeah, I know, and I was trying to pull up Mike's thoughts there. Now I think he said best car, best team, best driver won all three. If I uh, let me find it here real quick, as I uh, let's see, where was Mike's reply on that? Yeah, there we go. Um, he said the best car, team, driver won all three races. Uh, the only one you can make an argument of a more deserving champion, <laughs> Mike, obviously on Elliott. But he's got a point. Based on the regular season, um, what he was, aside from the win at Talladega, was kind of a no-show for the playoffs, which, uh, you know, the broadcasters talk about it. And he likened it kind of like Kevin Harvick uh, in mm-hmm. 2020, you know, a strong regular season and then just didn't do it in the playoffs. Um, Sometimes I, I really to agree with that.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Yeah,
4: no, that's a, um, it is. I want to start, though, with the truck series. You mentioned it. I don't know that I can say it was the best. Uh, all four, up until the the very end, were running top four, one, two, three, four. I know they're uh, Ty Majewski, and I'm trying to think who he got into. Um, you know, he made a move, and it just got loose inside and ended up actually spinning himself out, took himself out. But you're right. I mean, it came down to the last lap between the three competitors. So that was great. I would have liked to have seen any one of them win it. Zane Smith, uh, I know in his pre-race uh, interview, he said, I don't care if I got to stomp on the brakes. I'm not finishing second. He's been runner-up in the championship <laughs> for two years. After two years. He said, if he I got to finish third, fourth, or fifth, yeah, I'm <laughs> stomping on the brakes. I am not finishing second. Well, he stomped on the gas instead. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So it was great to see. The Xfinity series, uh, this one i got to spend a little more time on. uh, With Ty Gibbs winning it, and I know we'll talk about another part of that, but um, you're right, it was very competitive. Uh, He did dominate, but it wasn't as dominating as I want to say Joey Logano's was, and I'll get to that in the Cup Series. Noah Gregson was running him down in there in the end, and it could have been another lap or two. It would have been a whole different story, but They did run side-by-side, all of them throughout the race, and you're right there, it was competitive. I thought the ironic thing was, um, and I want to say it was Gregson and Algar between junior. Motorsports was probably the most rubbing. I know Noah and uh, Algar actually rubbed a little bit there a couple of times. Um, So it was good to see, and I know you mentioned it, the sportsmanship, Uh, Noah Gregson did congratulate Ty Gibbs, and and in his post-race said he beat us today. He did it clean, he beat us. So to see that comeback, if you will, or transition from the previous week at Martinsville um, to win that championship was good. Uh, And again, I think each one of them had their shot. Now on the cup side, that one is a little more of a dominating win by, you mentioned, Joey Logano. I know all four were competitive, and we did have a situation there as well between Chastain and uh, Chase Elliott. Um, Having just watched it, I'd have to agree with the broadcasters. That was strictly a racing incident. Either one of them could have done a little bit different and been different. I I wouldn't put that on either one. Um, And Chastain, again, trying to come back at the end, come so close. Um, But there's a lot of good things. The thing I look at when you talk about the Cup Series, mention the other four series late the Trinity series as well late in the end it was top four were the four championship contenders and I think Justin Algar said it over his radio during the race this is why these four are battling for the championship they were running top four um there at the end the cup series I wouldn't take that away from any of the championship contenders because although it's the elite top level if you will There is also that much other stronger competition that just wasn't in it. Kyle Larson still running for the owner's championship um, Mm -hmm. up there mixing it up. And you have other teams, Ryan Blaney, um, I think maybe overall had the fastest car all weekend, truthfully. I know Joey beat him at at the end and did pull away, but uh, I think he might have gotten some notes from Ryan Blaney because Ryan Blaney really had a strong car all weekend, hadn't won a race all year. So I think that's why on the cup level you saw a little more spread out between the four championship contenders because the competition is that tough. So, But again, any one of the four, you make a very solid case going in as to why they should have, comes out into that one race, and Joey did it. So congratulations to the 22 Penske Ford there.
0: Absolutely, I thought I, I agree with everything that you said there. I thought that the, all of the races uh, had their element of uh, competitive racing. Uh, I just felt like uh, there was just a little more action, I guess. I felt with the uh, truck series, um, and and I'm proud of all all of the champions. I thought they were all. Uh, very good, and I have to agree with Mike. I think the right person won in in all three of those cases. Uh, Ross Castain needed a little more time, too. He was running down uh, Ty Gibbs but just ran out of time uh, to be able to catch. The same thing happened with uh, uh, Noah Gregson in the Xfinity Series. Uh, they were there. Uh, they just had lo- there, there was a distance that was created between them, and and those drivers raced their hearts out to try to close that gap as best they could before the race ran out of time. But uh, uh, they they uh, they really gave it their all. I thought in all all of those races, <clears throat> there was I thought there was a, a little more misfortune in the Cup Series race. Uh, You know, we saw a little bit of misfortune in in several races, but uh, you had both Christopher Bell had that 18- or 19-second pit stop that just kind of ruined his chances, Uh, and then the situation with uh, uh, Chase Elliott. Uh, losing his chance at competing for the championship after that contact uh, between him and Chastain. And I agree with you. I think it was just a uh, one of those racing deals. I actually, if you look at it from certain angles, I couldn't see it in some angles and in other angles I could see it. almost seemed like uh, Elliott's car hit uh, was hit by uh, the 22 uh, before anything happened with uh, Chastain's car. So uh, Chastain said he thought the car acted erratically, and I think that's the reason why, is because of the contact with the 22. Uh, it, it caused uh, Chase Elliott's car to come down. So I don't think that was initiated by Chastain at all. I think uh, Chastain was just trying to react to what had happened uh, with the contact between the 9 and the 22. Um but, yeah, I I, uh, I do think it was a racing deal. I don't think anybody intended anything there. I think it was just uh, a racing incident that happened on the track. Um, and I think Chase knew that as well uh, in his post-race interviews. He didn't uh, blame anybody. Uh, didn't, uh, you know, he, he, I think he understood it was just a racing incident. So, um I thought the races uh, were good all the way around. I did get a chance to watch all three of the races this weekend, and I enjoyed watching uh, all three of the races. And then there was also the Arco West race. I know you mentioned this was just about the top three, uh, but Jake Drew pretty much had that championship won before the race even began. All he had to do was start that race uh, to win the championship. But it was Sammy Smith who won that race. Uh, and Sammy did it in pretty dominating fashion uh winning at Phoenix Raceway uh in the uh Arca West series as well so um pretty interesting scenarios all the way around and I'm happy with the results
4: yeah i, I don't know i don't see how you can't be um you mentioned it uh, of a little more um how did you put it uh chaos in a situation <laughs> That's where, as you were saying, that of it comes down to. It's not just driver; it is team. And I'm trying to remember what Noah Gregson's um, I don't want to say mistake, but holdup was that put him where he was trying to chase down. I know for Chastain and Christopher Bell, you mentioned the pit stops. So that's where it comes down to a full team situation. And, you know, and Joey Logano's. I think every one of them said it in pre-race. You know, it's got to be a full. Uh, team effort, no mistakes on pit road, no mistakes uh, by the pit crew, no mistakes by the driver. And that is what it came down to. Having the fast car obviously helps. Um, but the pit crews and the team, the calls, all plays together. And, and Joey Logano's team put it all together there with uh, with Paul Wolfe. I heard a little bit from him on Sirius XM today. Um, so the Chastain Elliott incident, and I know in, in the post-race, you know Chase Elliott said, you know, He didn't necessarily blame Ross Chastain, although he felt he could have given him more room. There was room for Ross to go down lower. But I'm like, well, if you just wanting another driver to move left so you can move left, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, So that one, but I didn't see. I'll have to go back and, and watch it uh, of what you mentioned, uh, a bump from behind that might have initiated even Chase Elliott surging, and that's why he tried to make the move. Uh, I didn't see that, but... Um, certainly could have been, um, because it was really tight racing, especially there at Phoenix, where you fan out like that. Um, I'm surprised there weren't some more. I know we had some others between non-playoff drivers, but um, certainly could have been some others that didn't. I know, uh, I think it was early in the race, actually, uh, Christopher Bell had hit the wall, too. That was another one where I said just that little bit. Um, Here and there, you know, adds up, and you got to be almost perfect You mentioned it, every one of them. Actually, uh, and I don't remember who tweeted it, the winning driver won the poll and won their race um, to win their championship. Uh, I hadn't hadn't caught on to that. I I hadn't noticed that, and I know um, stage wins was still, although not necessary or applicable to winning the championship, you're out front. Uh, Julie Logano, I think, was second in stage two to Ryan Blaney, and as I mentioned, he had a fast car, so... Super excited already for next year, uh, just with the amount of things going on. I know that was what you and Sal were kind of talking about um, with the schedule, but some of the team things we got going on, some other things we'll talk about here in Hot Topics. So, uh, yes, this season is over, and we've got to take a little break, but <laughs> excited for next year.
0: Absolutely. Um, so that, I'm going to mark this one as covered for tonight, and what else are we going to talk about?
4: Well, we'll just go up the line here. I know you put uh, you talked a little bit there about one of the changes for next year anyway was Adam Stern on Twitter of NASCAR's pursuing a founding partner model instead of a title sponsor for the NASCAR Chicago race. Um, so it wouldn't be one brand attached as far as a title sponsor, but looking for partners with it. And then it says, I think NASCAR wants four founding partners, cover what, roughly $2 million annually for each, uh, including NBC ad time.
0: Yeah, I thought that was an interesting post by Adam Stern. Uh, We talk about this uh, quite a bit, uh, that over time uh, we've seen, and and you've you've watched this happen as well as I have over the years, how the whole sponsorship uh, title uh, sponsoring
2: uh,
0: has changed over the years. Uh, The days are pretty much gone of having one sponsor uh, cover a driver or cover a series for an entire year. Um, In the Cup Series now, I think, uh, you know, we don't have the Sprint Cup anymore. We don't have the Nextel Cup. Uh, It is uh, a partnership of, uh, of companies that have gotten behind uh, the Cup Series. So you've got Coca-Cola, and uh, uh, I can't think of who all of them are right now. For some reason it's eluding me. But there, Geico is one of them. Uh, there's like five or six different partners uh, that are behind the NASCAR Cup Series on an annual basis, and they each contribute toward that. Um uh, because it's it's just almost impossible for one company to cover uh, the title for uh, a, a series, uh, especially at the top level of NASCAR. You've still got Xfinity Series. You've still got the Craftsman's Truck Series for the, for the smaller series, but for that elite top series, it's really tough. Um, it's... The cost for the street race is just so enormous uh, that they've got to look for multiple um, founders is what they're calling them here, founding partners um, for that initial street street race at Chicago, Chicago um, that is going to be a different model for that particular race uh, because of the enormous cost of putting it on. Uh, and this is something that I think they're looking at, not just a one-time-off street race. I think NASCAR wants this to be something that becomes part of the NASCAR schedule on an ongoing basis. And um, so if they can get founding partners uh, that, you know, support this race and then move on to maybe the next street race, whether it's Chicago or or somewhere else. I think when they signed on with Chicago, though, it was for more than one year. I think it was multiple years, and I'm not sure if it's two or three years, but uh, I don't think this is the last street race that we'll see at Chicago. There's just too much cost going into it for it to be a one-time deal. Uh, Very similar to the Coliseum. Uh, It's more cost-effective for them to have multiple years than to have one. Uh, but again, they're going to need multiple founding partners in order to make this happen, and, and that's what they're looking at here. So, Jay, what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, especially for you mentioned it, not just the and we, you're right, we did see it at the NASCAR top level with the overall title sponsor when that business model changed. Um, now with this race, this one in particular, because it is not a structured event, uh, just like the Coliseum and the and the dirt Bristol race, although there it's just laying the dirt on top of it, but the, you still got to build it, same with the Coliseum and here at Chicago now where they got to build that and, and I don't know if then the investment in that, like you said, of if there's certain parts of it that, just like the Roval, they can invest in up front and maybe the next years down the road won't cost as much um, other than to lay it back out uh, I don't know, but that race in particular to put it on because it's not in a facility already there is taking that uh, extreme what did we say the other night uh, 50 million is what they're investing into it um, mm-hmm. as a race so yeah you're right one one sponsor isn't going to sign on to cover that all so they're asking for a, a piece of it from um, I guess the target is for founding partners Uh, And I think you're right, Uh, and I do believe, I thought so too, that when they announced it, it was initially already at Chicago for a multi-year, might be mistaken on that, and I don't know if it was said two or three years, but it did say multi, that though the the plan would be then to build it up, show how it works, hopefully to to a good level, and just like with Bristol Dirt, the Coliseum, um, they're already trying to make improvements. Uh, I know we're going to a night race prime time as the next step for that one. But there may be some glitches in it and things to improve on, um, so that'll evolve. If you've got the three-year period, so it's a three-year, you've got that time to show that. Then you sell it to other cities if that's what their intent is, a new market of, hey, we've improved upon it. We know we can do it. Let's do it here you know, and take it to that next one um, or of other possible venues. So I think it's a good thing. Well, you know, I know we talked about it in itself of concerns or things we're leery about with it. Got to give it a chance and as well as more than just a one-time chance. Uh, you know, most things of nothing goes perfect the first time out. So if it's good and we, there's areas to improve, that's why they have it as a multi-year. You know, let them improve upon it.
0: Absolutely, and I I couldn't agree more with that. I'm one of the people that are a little bit skeptical, but I'm willing to wait and see what actually happens uh, with the street race at Chicago. Uh, And I would just put that out there as a caution for all of the fans. Coliseum went really well. This year is going to be different because it's going to be a night race, um, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I, I give kudos to NASCAR for thinking out of the box and doing some different things. Uh, and as fans, I think we need to give them and allow them the time to evolve with some of these new ideas that they're bringing into racing. And uh, I have to include myself in that as well. Uh, And I'm willing to do that. I want to give them the time to evolve on this. And uh, it's never going to be perfect, especially the very first year that they do it. Uh, They're going to learn things from that first-year experience, and uh, they'll evolve and make it better the following year and, and the following year. So it's an ongoing process. Uh, whether it's uh, a new venue like they're doing with Chicago, a a whole new concept, or something like what they're doing at at, uh, L.A. Coliseum. So we just have to give them the time to allow that to happen. It started with the roval, building a road course inside of an oval. Uh, It it, it went on to uh, putting dirt on the Bristol track and making that a Bristol dirt race. Uh, Now, this year they did the L.A. Coliseum. Next year they're doing the street race. Uh, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in 2024 uh, and with the schedule in 2024. But it seems like each year NASCAR is introducing something that's really new and uh an out of the box kind of concept that they're willing to try and and put out there for to bring to attract some interest from uh fans so uh it's going to be interesting but i like what they're doing with this founder founding partners concept uh for sponsorship of this race because uh it is going to it is a big costly event that they're doing and and uh, it's going to be hopefully some great exposure for those founding uh, partners uh with this street course race out in chicago <clears throat>
4: Well, and you, you admitted yours. I will say the Chicago street race is one of them I definitely was a little skeptical on. You mentioned the Roval, and that was one I would have had to said to. I was a little skeptical. We saw that. There were some things that needed to be changed and developed, and they have done so each and every year. Um, I think back to even, and back then, it was a 10-race chase for the championship. And I don't even think I was skeptical skeptical. I really think I was, if I recall correctly, I would have to say I was more against it. Um, That is one of those now though, uh, this weekend, actually, I did see it. Um, Somebody posted what it would have been the 2022 Winston cup championship. If we were still Uh using that old point system of where Chase Elliott would have won it by 60 points or something over Ross Chastain. And in my mind, on that one I was just like why are you even still going there. I know the first couple of years it was kind of interesting to look at how it would have played out differently mm-hmm. but at this point I mean there is no point in my in my opinion no point to even going back to that cuz it's not exactly. going back to that. Exactly. We're not
0: playing under the, those rules.
4: Yeah, the 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 now the race for the championship with the playoff format has produced exactly what NASCAR wanted. I think overall the fans are behind it, the drivers uh, there's some that maybe still feel, you know, like Kevin Harvick, his year of having the dominating regular season, but they know that going in, and it adds to it. I, it really does. I, I don't think a, any driver says they want to go back to that. They may still want to go back to some aspects of it, but they also like the advancement that we have um, when it comes to round and round they, and they're all with it. So, yeah, I, I was surprised he's, he's still tracking that. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, I have to agree with you there. Okay, Uh, do we want to move on to another topic here? I'm going to make an announcement while you decide what our next topic is going to be. Uh, We're at that time of the night where, uh, for particularly our first-time listeners, if you're tuning in for the first time, you need to know we're going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, but we are going to continue our conversation past that time and we will record that conversation as part of our bonus overtime material on our podcast. Now I'll go out on Twitter as well as Facebook at Banfracing blog and radio on Facebook and FanFracing site on Twitter just to let you know when that podcast is available. And at that point you can go to the player at BamFracing dot com and just fast forward to the two hour mark. And you can hear then the rest of the conversation, uh, of that bonus overtime material that I talked about. Again, we don't want anybody to be caught off guard and not know where they can go to hear the rest of that conversation. And that's why we make this announcement at this time every every time we do a show. So, Jay, what's our next topic going to be?
4: Uh, make sure I come off mute here. Uh, this one was on um, I know you, you, I heard you mention the um, state of the, not state of the union, but NASCAR leadership addressed some things mm-hmm. there uh, in one of the press conferences, uh, I believe on Friday, one that came out of this was NASCAR could possibly race internationally as early as 2024. And, and we've heard a couple of things yeah. kind of alluded to that. So, it's on the radar and uh, maybe even further along than what we know in the works. Um, but so there is some interest in it as the interest in the sport rapidly increases.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and, and they've kind of leaked out earlier as well uh, that we'll probably see. Uh, and it was part of that press conference that you mentioned uh, with the leadership. Um, we're probably going to see some of the biggest changes uh, to the uh, 2024 schedule when it comes out, and they have been preparing us for that. Uh, And uh, international racing, that's the next big thing that's going to come. We talked about uh, uh, 2023 season being the street race at Chicago, uh, in 2024, it's going to be an international race. Uh, and I don't know if it's one race, international or more, but at least one race will be an international race on the schedule uh, for that 2024 season. And uh, uh, I, I don't know, the last time they did that, uh, again, th- there there has to be an enormous cost uh, to being able to do that. So preparing teams for that possibility uh, right now I think is important because you've got to take a whole race team uh, internationally to be able to race. The cost of getting the cars over there, uh, there's just so much cost that's involved uh, with doing some of these out-of-the-box things that NASCAR is doing right now. Uh, But I am glad that they're doing something different every year uh, that they're adding to the schedule that wasn't there before. Uh, So I don't know what comes after an international race, but I'm kind of excited to see that happen. I I don't remember them. I know that they went to Japan at one point, and they've gone to Mexico. I've seen them go to Mexico. uh, But I'm curious to know uh, where that next international race, even Canada, We've done racing in Canada. Uh, but I think they're talking about something big, like uh, what we did uh, going to Japan a, a few years back. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to be more Canada or Mexico, or do you think it's going to be something bigger than that?
4: Well, you know, and that's what, as as we, we were talking about it and even just thinking about it, when we first think internationally, I know it was kind of implied of overseas, I believe Europe was kind of the target, but Canada or Mexico would qualify. And I don't did the Cup Series run in Mexico, or is that just the Xfinity Series?
0: Yeah, I can't remember right offhand. I'd have to do some th- research th- on that yeah, to give you th- a I good answer. That was
4: Xfin- I think that was Xfinity Series. The Truck Series ran um, Canada Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, and then the Cup Series. It, yeah, it was a three-year deal over in Japan. And I know that was an exhibition at the end of the year after the season to do it during the season. uh, I am for it. If they have a plan and the money to support it, um, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a lot of things though, but the cost we're talking about with the Coliseum, Bristol or the street course is going to be nothing compared to what it does of and I'm trying to remember the numbers that, that I remember from the Japan race because of how far ahead they got to ship those cars, that they crate them over there. And that wasn't the entire, um, the, 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 the entire field of a, a points race where everybody had to go over. That was a, an exhibition race, and so it was a select few. I don't remember how the, how the teams got selected for that, but it wasn't the entire field for a points race. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. If they have a way and they think they can make it work I am all for it. Um, and I'm hoping fan for racing then they'll choose somebody to send over there to cover it. I um, just <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> no. um, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, I'm sending myself, right Sharon? <laughs> yeah, no. that's um, right. If I'm going
2: to send anybody. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we drew straws. Everybody else drew a short one just to let you know. Um, But, uh, no, it would be interesting. Uh, You know, I think there's several great possibilities if they could do it, say, in conjunction with Le Mans or something like that, of make it a viable um, pot worth, uh, you know, obtaining that they can disperse to the teams. Because I think that might be one where they got to disperse to the teams that one race, not just, you know, for the year. I know each race gets their own purse, but that that one might take a little bit more of hey we're going to build a pot and split it up for that one race and still do you know the championship money and everything else cuz yeah that one's going to be costly
0: yeah it is it, we think we're talking big bucks for that road course race it is going to be enormous when you're talking about going internationally um and and I got to wonder too um if they aren't going to do some things like uh uh, you know, and we've seen this in the past. It's not something new where, you know, the same weekend that NASCAR is racing, uh, there's an IndyCar race at that track. Uh, or like, uh, what they used to do at Chicagoland is, uh, the Cup Series would be there one week and the next week it would be IndyCar. Uh, I wonder if they'll be doing anything like that, uh, to really create some interest around, uh, this international idea as well so it's going to be fun i i can't wait to see what what that 24 schedule looks like
4: well and, and that's why I, and i'm trying to off the top of my head i don't know when the le mans is scheduled like i said that would be my thought would be partnering up with them on that weekend to make it even that much bigger and then them splitting the pot with it um mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see but i know that uh and i think it was ben kennedy when you said to kind of let that slip that um, that was definitely one of their focuses, um, even uh, talking about the 23 schedule, but obviously that one, you need that full year plus, plus. Um, and again, I'm sure securing some partnerships and sponsorship with that uh, goes a long way, because uh, like you said, the price tag on it's going to be big, but I, I'm with you, I like the fact that NASCAR is trying, it's expanding that fan base, so... Uh, if they can make it work, I'm all for it.
0: Absolutely. Even our show, by the way, Jay, uh, I do see that we get some international uh listens uh from Australia and from um you know, the European countries, um Canada, Mexico. We get listens from all over the world as well here at on our Fan for Racing radio show. So uh, I think that's going to be kind of a, a, a cool connection uh, if we do go over, uh, overseas or anywhere internationally, uh, you know, to introduce that to some of the people that listen even to our show, not to mention all of the other uh, podcasts and shows that are out there. Uh, I think it's going to be a neat connection that's made uh, through social media, through Uh, podcasts like ours and and other mediums that kind of make the world just a little bit smaller, if you will.
4: Most certainly, and I think that's a great thing for that expansion. I know we've had several uh, drivers. Uh, Juan Pablo from Bogota, Colombia. I want to say Daniel Suarez is from Mexico City or somewhere around that area, if he's not. Um, So we have that, and, and we've seen the following that Daniel Suarez has. So as we grow that, um, I think that'll increase with drivers as well.
0: Absolutely, and there's a there's a Mexican driver right now in the uh, he I've saw, seen him race now in the last two Arca West races uh, that I think we need to keep our eye on uh, because uh, he's been pretty impressive. I think he's had second and third place finishes uh, between Las Vegas and the race at uh, Phoenix. Uh, so uh, I can't wait to see if he comes back and races full time for next season.
4: So it even
0: goes, you know, to the lower levels of racing.
4: Yeah, I was going to pull that up real quick. I know La Paz, I believe, is the last name, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to pull that up real quick. And, yeah. and you're right, his finishes have been outstanding um, as far as that in the in the three races or two or three races he's done. But I'll pull that up here and. Uh, let's see. Where was the results under that?
0: Yeah, his name is, uh, Andres Perez De Lara.
4: De Lara, okay. There we go, Andres De Lara. Uh,
0: yeah, Andres Perez De Lara. And, um... Uh I, I think he's been pretty impressive so far in what I've seen him race in. He's he's in good equipment. He's he's racing in that number fifty one car, uh but uh it's it's a it's a Ford but uh he's done really well in that car in the uh Arca Menard series and, and particularly the Arca West. So and those are two big races Uh, the drivers from Mexico to kind of test the water a little bit, if you will, uh, on whether or not they can be competitive for next season. So I think that's a good sign that uh, we may see more of this particular driver in the coming year.
4: Uh, Most certainly I would have to agree with that.
0: Okay. Excuse me. I've had a very long day. And uh, starting to get tired here. Um, what's our next top topic here?
4: Well, we got two of them listed. Uh, I think we can tie together because I, I found out they're kind of interrelated. We were talking about uh, Minority Drivers. Rev Racing is moving to the Truck Series in 2023 with Nick Sanchez. was the first one I posted. And then we got the announcement from Kyle Busch Motorsports, um, which is going to switch into Chevy. It's only going to be two trucks, one full-time with Chase Purdy, Kyle Bush and others. And I want to say ja- Jack Wood is going to be one of the drivers along with Kyle Bush, splitting time as they have in the 51. And then it will have a technical alliance with Rev Racing um, as they yeah. build and move forward as well. So kind of uh, dropping from a four-car or four-truck team, sorry, four-truck team to a two-truck team but also having the partnership with Rev Racing kind of gives it the third feel.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. We know Kyle Busch is a good mentor uh, for a lot of these drivers, and I'm so happy that Chase Purdy is getting this opportunity with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. Uh, now with Chevy versus Toyota uh, and getting an opportunity to have that mentorship uh, from Kyle Busch. Uh, And and same thing with uh, Rev Racing, the fact that they're going to have that technical alliance with Rev Racing uh, and KBM, I I think is going to be huge for Rev Racing as well. This is their uh, kind of premier or inaugural year coming up into the uh, Truck Series uh, Rev Racing, and they're coming up with Nick Sanchez, who was the Arkham Menard Series champion, uh, i I think it's fantastic uh that they're getting this opportunity to race in the truck series uh and uh, uh i'm I'm real happy for Kyle Bush motorsports as well i can't wait to see they said it would be select uh other Xfinity series and uh, cup series drivers uh that will be completing out uh that fifty one truck uh for k p m uh right now you mentioned Jack Wood uh he's scheduled for 10 specific races uh in that season Kyle Busch will be racing five of those races I guess um and, and that's kind of interesting because I thought Kyle Busch wasn't going to come back uh to the truck series um but it sounds like he is now with some of those races, and I think they're allowed five races, so that's 15 of the races that are accounted for, but they'll have select other drivers uh, from the Xfinity and Cup Series to kind of fill out that schedule, because he wants to run for the owner's Championship with that number 51 Truck in the uh, in the Series for next season So again happy To see uh, things shaping up for Kyle Busch Motorsports under the Chevrolet banner uh, now that He's with RCR and uh, I can't wait to see what they do Next season
4: Well I will throw this Out there before any of the Kyle Busch Haters want to jump on that He said he would stop racing in the series When he hit 100 wins he did that in the Xfinity series. He only has, I think, I want to say, like 58 in the Truck series, all-time leader in the Truck series. But he has not hit the hundred mark, and at five races per year, he can uh, run another ten races or ten years there. So um, he is you. not going against his word there. Um,
0: <laughs> thank you for
4: that clarification. The, yep. The other thing you mentioned the the, the Owners Championship, and I, I'm not going to speak for Kyle, but I can only imagine. Um, He wants, has some things to prove with Toyota. I believe the team, Cowbush Motorsports has like 98 victories and I might be a little off. I don't have the numbers with me. I saw it on race hub uh, yesterday, I believe, but 98 victories, 15 owners championships and two or three championships. And the reason that kind of stuck out in my mind was I knew they had, you know, gotten the owners champion quite a few years but the driver's championship and that brings me to chase purdy and here's the here's the thing on my take and i was waiting to see if mike had replied on that one i don't think he did kbm has known to bring in some young drivers and kyle has been a little critical of them chase purdy is still relatively young however has been in some full-time rides as you mentioned for whatever reason because i think he is a great driver uh, you know I know him from um, mm-hmm. down here. He comes out of Meridian, Mississippi. And I actually talked to him. I think that was the ARCA. Might have been Canon still on the at show. that time. Yep. Um, and I sat and talked with him at uh, Memphis when they were still running Memphis. And I covered the Canon Pro Series East uh, race there for, for Fan for Racing. So he is one I think is just kind of like, uh, I think of a couple others, Daniel Hemrick even Ross Chastain. Finding that right spot, just all the right combination. And for the fact of Kyle Busch to take him as a not a young, new, inexperienced driver to mold, but one that he must mm-hmm. see talent in because he knows he's already been there. So he can't say, hey, I'm trying to pull a winner because he hasn't won yet, but sees the talent in him and willing to take that, take that on him as his full-time driver. So I am excited for that. Um, I'm still excited for Jack Wood. Unfortunately, he has gone from full-time to a part-time. But running in the truck that Kyle Busch also runs, I think you're going to learn mm-hmm. some things. I'll tell you that. So, And yeah. you know that this was a late switch for Kyle Busch to put together this Chevy deal. I think eventually down the road, we see them go back to a full four-truck team under his own banner. That's just what I see. Uh, it just wasn't able to happen um, in a span of, what, six months from what we officially got. Um, exactly. To switch over to Chevy and, and redo everything. And I know I can hear, we we talked about this. Several of the sponsors that were with our Toyota sponsors, we saw some of them announced with Tricon Garage, JBL, and uh, Safelite uh, mm-hmm. staying with Toyota. Okay, so Kyle Busch has to come with new sponsors, so that's going to take a little bit of time. So, like I said, I think down the road, we see them build back up to uh, what they were under the Toyota banner, now under the Chevy. Like I said, the technical alliance with Rev Racing, you mentioned it. I fully expected Nick Sanchez to be moving up. I am happy to see that Rev Racing is doing it with him. Uh I didn't know if yeah. Rev Racing would ever take that step up. They've always been in the Arca Menards and then the Arca Menards E-Series primarily. So to see Rev Racing taking that step, I like that.
0: I do too. Yeah, I, I like that a lot as well. And I think it's going to be very reciprocal uh, in that relationship. I think that they're going to, uh, you know, Kyle Bush is kind of in a rebuilding uh, stage here. And, uh, you know, having that technical alliance with Rev Racing, I think, is going to be something that's going to benefit both organizations. Um, And, uh, again, same thing with Chase Purdy and Jack Wood. Uh, I'm really excited uh, about those two drivers racing at Kyle Busch Motorsports. And... um, uh, I think that we're going to see really good results from them. You're right. Sometimes it's just a matter of getting that opportunity to be with a good team uh, that can showcase the driver. Look how many years uh, Ross Chastain was running uh, with JD Motorsports, and I think it was Johnny Davis who told him, you need to get out there and get into some other cars so that people can see the talent that you have. And that was really great advice from Johnny Davis uh, to Ross Chastain. And you and I both remember watching him race every single race in the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series every single weekend. And uh, look at how that paid off for him.
4: Came came really close to a uh, to a championship. Uh, I don't know which is more valuable, the NASCAR championship or the uh, superstar he has become. Uh, they, they said today it has <laughs> over one hundred million social media views total uh, for the Martinsville move. There, so um, they were joking about that. of he can't go out to, I think it was at the truck race he went to, um, he can't walk around indiscreetly anymore uh, for sure. Um,
0: <laughs> well, and I'm wondering he goes. too if. He- going to give uh, Chase Elliott a run for that most popular driver award
4: I did see somebody bring that up on on Twitter Uh, it's interesting Um, I I, I'd have to stick with Mike on this one I think Chase Elliott fans are still there but it certainly could be maybe closer than we expect um, following that weekend uh, for sure. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. I don't know when the voting opens on uh, on that, but that'll be coming up here with their awards banquet coming in December.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um. Back to back to the truck series. That's another one I'd just like to see it. Uh, Chevrolet taking the investment into Kyle Busch Motorsports. Like I said, I think he's going to have some things to prove. It's going to have to take starting back uh, two trucks in this case, um, but I think he's going to throw everything he can at it. Uh, I don't know how, um, I know when he was talking about his contract for himself and everything, he said that was a primary concern to him was. So I don't know how that shifted from four trucks to two um, within his shop, but I'm sure he's doing the best he can. And there again, maybe that's where some of that alliance is going with Rev Racing. Um, That was a primary concern to him. So it's good to see that come to fruition. I'm excited for that. Uh not that it takes much to get more interested in the truck series, as you and I talk about, that generally week in and week out might be the best racing and exciting racing. So we'll see how that goes. And Nick Sanchez, uh, like I said, him. And uh, we still got some other names that Ty Gibbs hasn't officially been announced for anything. John Hunter Nemechek and Sammy Smith is another one we saw that in the Infinity race this weekend. He was one that was in there with those championship contenders uh until the end mixing it up. So uh I think we got big things to look forward all the way across the board for next year.
0: We definitely do and uh uh as usual I'm I'm already excited about next season and we haven't even uh well I guess we have kind of closed out this season now. But uh, it, it, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, I think the sport is very healthy, and I think uh, NASCAR is doing some really great things to keep it in a healthy way and, and attracting new fans. Uh, Ross Chastain is a big part of that with what he did out in Martinsville. The Martinsville Miracle, that was one of the ones that I was kind of voting for, uh, for what they were going to call that. Um, But, yeah, I think uh, Ross Chastain's Martinsville Miracle is uh, uh, one of the things that is going to be talked about for a long, long time. And uh, a lot of new fans uh, who saw that move on their news or wherever they saw it uh, in the many times that it was uh, broadcast uh, uh, since Martinsville, I think that uh, uh, he's definitely bringing new fans into the sport. And I don't think he's going to have to take away any fans from uh, from Chase Elliott. I think it's all these new fans that he's bringing into the sport uh, that are going to maybe help him uh, go after that uh, most popular driver award.
4: Uh, most certainly. Uh, you're right. I, I do think that was uh, – I mean, as a sport, everybody had to be a fan of it, um, other than those drivers that got beat by it. But, uh <laughs> And there again, to settle that whole thing, I saw another interview with him pre-race. He said, hey, if anybody else wants to try it, you go right ahead because he's like, I don't think I'd do it again. <laughs> exactly. Did you see the, Did you see the mathematics that they did on it? I know Mike had one of the form, formulas, but when they compared it, he pulled 5.6 Gs. The space oh, shuttle, boy. when it launches, only pulls 3 Gs.
0: Unbelievable. So yeah, I
4: don't think you're gonna see people doing that on a weekly basis. I don't think we have to worry about that.
0: Well, and and we said that right from the very beginning. Um, you know, and I thought Dave Moody had the best response, uh, when he said, If you don't think it's safe, if you don't if you think it's dangerous, uh, if you don't think it should be done, don't do it. <laughs> It's as simple as that, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't think a lot of drivers are going to do it. Somebody said that I think it was Noah Gregson said that they kind of it crossed their mind, but they didn't think that they could really make it happen, so they didn't do it. and And they showed some of the differences in the in the uh, uh, Phoenix track, uh, how it differs from the wall at the uh, Martinsville and uh, how much more difficult it would be to do that move at uh, Phoenix than what it was to do at Martinsville. Um, but, yeah, Ross Castain said, I don't think I'll be ever doing that again. It wasn't a fun ride. It wasn't something that felt good and uh, not something that he wants to do again. So uh, I think it's going to take care of itself.
4: And 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 I said this when Mike brought it up of, you know, and I, Mike wasn't the only one. I saw a lot of people expressing concern, to include a couple of drivers, but it was the perfect storm. He needed, what, two positions. He was far enough back. The lane was open on the top side of the mm-hmm. track. You know, you got to be in the right position and have the, the right gain for the risk, you know, risk versus reward. And it was there to take it. Uh, you know, you're not going to necessarily have that every time so exactly. yeah that's what I said and I think NASCAR said the same thing they they said at this point we're not going to even attempt to try to make a rule about something we're not sure we still even understand <laughs> that, that it was even possible so
0: exactly um, and I don't think it's necessary I really don't because Uh, I don't think many drivers would have had the guts to do what Ross Chastain did. And like we've heard so many times, people have tried it, uh, but nobody's done it successfully until Ross Chastain. Uh, That's how difficult that move is. So uh, he had the perfect uh, conditions. And uh, that's what it's going to take in order to make that move work is the perfect conditions. But now that everybody's seen that move uh, actually be successful, uh, the whole concept of all the what-ifs that everybody likes to kind of put into the equation here um, is is something that people uh, have to kind of keep in mind too. Uh, If you see it as a what-if, uh, it potentially could happen if people know that that move is a potential possibility at Martinsville. Uh, those drivers that are driving in that bottom or middle lane are going to be watching that, and you don't want to drive up in front of that car if if that car is coming around at those kind of speeds. I, I think that would be foolish for anybody well, to even any- try to do that
4: even just just listening to Ross Chassein saying he wouldn't do it again um, based on it wasn't just a crash, it was one long crash, you know, and, and yeah. whatever of, you know, do you really want to go through that? Like you said, of, of everything has to be aligned just perfectly for it to even work. Um, yeah, I I just didn't understand the spin-up about it. Uh, it was great for what it was, but that's one of those things you can't even probably possibly duplicate, and if the guy that did it said, "I ain't doing it again," you know, I mean, that that tells you.
0: <laughs> that tells you something, right there. That is exactly right. So, okay, we got a little off track there, but I thought it was a good discussion.
4: <laughs> well, and the only other one, uh, and I think we, we we could probably close with this if you want, uh, if you know what I'm referring to here with uh, Joe Gibbs.
0: Uh, yeah. We can do that. I'm I'm going to include the Nick Sanchez to Rev Racing in here too. Um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and set it up, Jay? Uh,
4: if fans don't know, uh, Sunday Saturday night into Sunday morning, Joe Gibbs Racing put up the announcement or er, post here. It is with great sorrow that Joe Gibbs Racing confirms that Cloy Gibbs was a co-owner went to be with the Lord in his sleep last night. The family appreciates all the thoughts, prayers, and asks for privacy at this time. Uh, I know I saw one article I read that we talked about. We don't know a lot, but we do send our prayers, thoughts, and prayers. Ty Gibbs didn't run on Sunday as he went home to be with the family um and that entire garage or race with a heavy heart on Sunday with that and I'll just leave it at that
0: yeah um. It was quite a shock. Uh, You know, we saw Coy uh, celebrating with his family uh, when Ty Gibbs won the championship, and uh, to imagine uh, that just a few hours later he had passed away in his sleep uh, was quite a shock to everybody, I think, when we heard the news. Uh, At first we just heard that... uh, Ty had a family emergency and would not be racing, and so they were putting someone else into the car. Uh, and then, when we did find out just before the Cup Series race started on Sunday, um, it was it was shocking. Uh, and and our thoughts and condolences. Uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but I'll mention it again. Our thoughts and condolences are certainly with the Gibbs family and uh, the race team and everybody that uh is experiencing this loss um, you know we're we're praying for you and and uh we're we're deeply saddened at the news, so our condolences go out to everybody involved. <clears throat>
4: The uh, the only thing I'd add there, and I know it was I think it was Dale Earnhardt Jr. when, when they uh, talked to him about it. They're competitors on the track, but when something like this comes, you put yeah. all of that aside. It was Daniel Hemrick, a former Joe Gibbs racer that had left to go to Chevy uh, with College Racing. That's who went into that Toyota team um, sure. when Ty Gibbs uh, came out. You know, I thought that was exactly what Dale Jr. was talking about, when it comes down to it, the garage is going to come together in support yes. of the family at a time like that. And so I thought that was a huge move, the fact that it was a Chevy driver that went into that Toyota.
0: Yes, and uh, I, I really think it's it's wonderful. It is a community. Uh, it's a traveling community that goes uh, to all these different tracks throughout the season, uh, but they become they're a NASCAR family, you know. When when things like this happen, they all pull together, and they are quite a supportive group of people. And I think that's uh, it's wonderful to see that happening. Um, and uh, you know, I can't imagine what Ty and his family are going through, uh, what Joe Gibbs is going through uh, with this loss. And uh, I do pray for them. Uh, that they can find peace um, uh, with all of this. And, and uh, uh, as sad as it is, I, I hope they're able to find peace.
4: Well, we know the the faith of that family, so I know they will come together, not just, as you said, the family, immediate family, but also the NASCAR family, the community. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we'll go ahead and close out the show with that. And, um, uh, again, we are looking at doing a one-off show in early December, so stay tuned for any news about that. It will be after the Snowball Derby and the Snowflake 100. Um, Sal was giving us uh, a bunch of the drivers that have already uh, – it's not on the entry list yet, but uh, he knows of all these other other drivers that are planning to take part. In that uh, event this year, so uh, I can't wait to see the the entry list as it continues to grow for for the Snowball Derby, and uh, for us to all get together one last time this year uh, in early December to to kind of review that race uh, and uh, to do another hot topic sound off with the rest of our fan for racing crew. So again, stay tuned for more news on that front. And, um, Jay, are you going to be at any racetracks
4: this week? Well, weather permitting, I'm going to be, I think, in Lexington, Alabama, as soon as I find out where that is, at a, a motocross. I've been doing some motocross uh, stuff uh, with a friend from Tennessee. So that's the plans. Uh, we'll see what happens, though, throughout the week leading into that. And I look forward to uh, we get a, together, again, you mentioned, for the Snowball Derby or another hot. Ha- mid-season uh, hot topics recap so until then you can follow me though on facebook michael hoosman um mopar mj8 on twitter and instagram on twitter you can see i had to post that andy lasky won the truck series fantasy battle as well as the xfinity
1: wow. i did tie
4: with mike on the cup one and won by a tiebreaker which case i know andy took the overall so andy Thumped us this year.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, Andy did really good in the in the uh, truck and Xfinity series. Um, and I'm looking at oh, that's the overall. Okay, so um, I wanted to see what it was for the Xfinity final standings. That was for the trucks. I saw that one. Did you put up a, a chart for the Xfinity? Or the Cup Series, yet? The,
4: Xfinity, the Xfinity, yeah. He he nudged Brian out by two points.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So, <clears throat> anyway, uh, thank you for doing that, Jay. Uh, I know it's a lot of work, and and you do such a great job yeah. staying on top of all of us to make sure we get our picks in um, before the race starts. Did Brian get his pick in this week?
4: Uh, he did not, and uh, I didn't get a chance to get back with him. Uh, I did look at it. Even if he had last pick, even if he'd have picked the first driver not already picked, he would have ended up uh, a point. Me and Mike would have still been tied. Brian would have been, I think, like third, two points behind us. So it didn't affect, actually, the winning. I think Mike, or, uh, Brian did then maybe drop a spot or two. Um, so I don't know if he knew that going into it, but... Um, yeah he could have, he could have gained a spot or two, but it was still between Mike and I, and it came down to that tiebreaker um, as far as throughout the year. I think I had four actual race winners picked, and Mike had two, so that was our tiebreaker in it.
0: Wow, well again it's it's always a lot of fun. It brings a new dimension to watching the races i you know I, in the NASCAR app, I always star the race picks. Uh, for the drivers, so I can keep an eye on where I am in comparison with everybody else's pick uh, throughout the race. So it's been a lot of fun, and uh, congratulations to Andy. And who won in the in the Cup series?
4: The Cup series is where me and Mike tied, and then and Andy took the uh, the other two, the Xfinity and oh, okay. trucks, and the overall. Oh, okay. That was yeah. So he took the two of the series, and then the overall. Mike and I'll just have to settle for the tie and I know he's not gonna be happy. I was kinda of hoping he'd be on tonight, but
0: Well, it is what it is, right? Okay, I yes, am Famper Racing site on Twitter, Bamper racing blog and radio everywhere else, including our website, Famperacing where we have our player for the racing radio show. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in, whether it's the live broadcast or the podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it. And then, of course, to Sal Segala and Jay Huseman, our co-hosts for the season. Uh, Both of them were on for tonight and helped make this show happen tonight. So I appreciate uh, everything that you guys do. And uh, Jay, for what you do with the Fan for Racing fantasy group uh that we do every year we have a lot of fun with it and we appreciate the extra effort that you put into it so thank you
4: you're welcome that's not a problem
0: okay so watch for us to come back uh, sometime early december and with that i guess we'll call it uh, a night here on fan racing radio
4: a night and a season, but like you said, we'll we'll come back with a little bit during the off season until we get back in February for Daytona.
0: Absolutely. Good night, Good night everybody.